from We Own This Town. This is The Hills Are Alive, a movie musical podcast. Willkommen, bienvenue. Welcome. Welcome to our show today. Obviously, we're discussing cabaret. Cabaret. And in the um, spirit of imbibing at the club... At the Kit Kat Club, we brought our own champagne because it's Kelsey's birthday. Yay! Pop okay. it. Are you ready? Yeah. Pour Alex, it up. Alex was so nervous that I wouldn't be able to do that as a non-professional. <laughs> and I said, you I, have no idea how much <laughs> champagne I drink. I am a professional. So happy birthday, Kelsey. Thank you. Got any big plans? Um, well, yesterday, uh, my friends and I had a little bit of a crawfish boil. Oh. Is that good? Do you no. want some more? No, that's funny. Okay. Um, yeah, so we, we had a crawfish boil, uh-huh. and uh, we had some crab and shrimp and sausage and potatoes and all that stuff. Yum. Did you spread it out on the table? We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, yeah, I was I was very grateful. My friends did a really good job. They planned everything, and it was tasty. And Yum. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's my birthday soon as well. That's true. Um, we're Taurus buddies. Yes, I'm a Taurus Aries cusp. I see. But a Taurus. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I don't really subscribe to astrology at all, but I tend to get along with other Tauruses. Do you feel the same? I Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I get them. I don't know if they it's like a, a very Taurus-y thing to just, like, be really into other Tauruses, but... Um, do you know what the zodiac sign is for September? No. Me neither. And I should know this. I mean, I'm not crazy into horoscopes, but I've just always thought it's so weird. So, like, my stepdad, stepmom, and dad all have the same birthday. Weird. Isn't that so weird? Uh-huh. And then my mom's birthday is, like, a few days before theirs. Uh-huh. So, like, all four of my parents have a, a birthday either on the same day or within, like, ten days. That's crazy. So whatever their sign is, they have to be <laughs> into really each other. into each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. My mom was actually born on my grandma's birthday. So she's like, oh, a, okay, she's yeah. like a birthday present baby. Wow. Isn't that cute? <laughs> it's adorable. So, okay, I think it's Virgo is... Well, September. Virgo is through September 22nd. Um, uh-huh. so I think it would actually be, most of them are Libras, mm-hmm. but they're all on the cusp. So, okay. uh, Virgo Libras are very into each other. Are. Based on what I know. Is Libra like, isn't that like a ditzy sign? I might, <laughs> well, I might be. A f- um, thank you. That's <laughs> my whole family, but okay. Your family's dumb. <laughs> I actually don't know anything about astrology, so please don't take that personally. Ditzy, yeah, you are calling out a lot of people. <laughs> You're gonna attack all Libras like that. <laughs> all right. Anyways, look, we we love all signs. That's true. Equally. Mm-hmm. Um, what's so, new with you? Anything? Um. I am well fully vaxxed, which Yay. is great. Yeah, I get my second shot on Wednesday. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. It's a whole like everything's changing. Yes. 
We even have the plexiglass barrier down. Yes, we are Ooh. like looking at each other without a piece of plastic between there's, us. There's no barriers between us. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I'm, um, I think my full my full two weeks is up on Thursday, but I think that, I mean, after my second shot. So I think I'm, you know, pretty much there. Yeah, that's and great. I, and I feel free. I love it. Good. I'm very happy. I'm happy for all of us. And going to, we're going like a, on a little trip to Chattanooga tomorrow. I also recently took a little Chattanooga trip because oh, it's yeah? such an easy drive uh-huh. and it's a beautiful place and yeah. it's, you know, pretty affordable compared to Nashville. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great day trip. Yeah, Anna. Are you going to go to the aquarium? Yes. I love the aquarium. So, Anna, friend of the podcast. Yeah, we love Anna. <laughs> She's our listener. <laughs> our one listener. <laughs> Um, That's she, not true. There are two. Yeah, <laughs> maybe three, but uh, she got she and her boyfriend got a house um, there for a couple of days and invited us and has a hot tub and it's gonna be fun. Well, okay, so a friend of half of the podcast. just kidding anyways (laughs) um no that sounds really fun yeah i'm excited and a a co-worker of mine used to live there and gave me like a sheet long list of like recommend recommended places to go yes yeah cool Uh well um listen speaking of fun facts did you know there's such thing as a dog license Because I learned all about that after our last episode. (laughs) My sister made sure to text us and tell us that, in fact, dog licenses do exist. Not only do they exist um, up north, they they exist in Nashville. Mm -hmm. So if if you're currently listening to this and you live in Nashville and you don't have a dog license, you need to go get one. Better go get one. Yeah, it's not really a license. It's more like a registration, but it's a license. It's not like you have to, like... Take a test or something. I'm pretty sure they exist for cats, too. Really? Yeah. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) I've got three illegal cats. (laughs) Um, Okay, so should we talk about cabaret? Cabaret. I mean, I don't know. We could. I guess so. Let's do it. I think that, I guess that's why we're here. Yeah. (laughs) So have you, so first of all, have you seen cabaret before this? Yes. Yeah, Cabaret is one of my favorites. I had never seen it before. Do you love it? Yes. Yeah, it's great, I, right? It was, it was way different than I thought it would be. A lot darker, right? Yeah, and I didn't. I had no idea, especially for the time period that it came out, like, 71? Uh, 72. 72. I didn't know there was so much, like, gay content and, like, yeah. abortion talk uh-huh. and all that, like... I had no idea. And, I mean, it's like they don't hold anything back. Yeah. It's very upfront. They don't use coded language. No. Um, they're, yeah, they're very frank uh, about sexuality. And, you know, this is also all taking place in 1931. Right. But I don't think that anything, well, I mean, maybe some of it was a stretch, but it is based upon some autobiographical works. Yes. And um, the the area of Germany where it takes place, it, it was known for a little while for being very... Um, Hedonistic. Well, if that's what... You, yeah, <laughs> that's what a lot of people would say. But um, yeah, so like the guy who, who wrote uh, the book that it's 
all of this is based upon. Christopher Isherwood. Yeah, he actually moved to, what is it, the the Weimar Republic? Ye- I guess you maybe say Weimar. Yeah. Um, but I, it's not like I say Weimaranian. Yeah, um, in, in Weimar, Weimar. Weimar Berlin. Yeah, he moved to that area um, to live openly as a gay man yeah yeah and i mean if you could do that in the 30s or the 20s I so mean, in that's his pretty in his groundbreaking. like in his like semi autobiograph autobiograph auto <laughs> autobiographical book there you um, go so he like went uh, to live openly as a gay man he never really had a relationship with the sally character he went to but he did go with her to get her abortion and i read about that and he pretended to be the father yeah so that she i guess they allowed it if, if you had permission from the father yeah there yeah. was consent um <clears throat> <laughs> but yeah uh he played that role and i guess they got it done mm-hmm. i can't remember what happened to the actual father the actual father didn't he just like peace out or something let me see i think so I mean, oh, that she would be assumed, a shock. She assumed the father was a, this jazz pianist later, who later became an actor named Peter von Eich. Um, but he abandoned her, and that's when she had her abortion. So mm. I think he just kind of um, disappeared. But she, I can't believe that. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, but uh, she almost died from the procedure, actually, but didn't. Yeah, that is how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We're in this, like, very bohemian, um, slightly debaucherous... Uh, So, the the Wikipedia article on this, whoever wrote it has some flowery language. Um, They called called the the area and the club, they called it orgiastic. Oh, that's that's a form of that word I've not heard before. (laughs) It exists. I I looked it up. It's real. Uh Okay. (laughs) It's like... Hey, learn something new every day. Something that resembles an orgy. (laughs) Now that you've seen that word, you're going to notice it everywhere. Yeah. Actually, probably not. Right. <laughs> I'm going to... U- Depends on what you read I'll about. notice it everywhere because I'm going to use it all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what your, <laughs> your normal reading uh, content is, but... But I didn't realize in... Uh, so, in the making of this movie, I didn't realize how many times it had been adapted. So, it started as his book. Yes. Um, and then it was made into a play mm-hmm. called... Um, what, 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 uh, I am a camera. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's where part of um, basically the subplot between um, Fritz and um, Natalia. Natalia, that's where that comes from. Right. Yeah. And, and then it was not until they made the stage musical version, there's this whole storyline in that. That sort of replaced the Fritz Natalia right. storyline, which is that the 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 landlady of the boarding house yes. is in love with a I don't know if she's Jewish or he's Jewish. It's it's similar. It's similar, but she's in love with like a fruit merchant or something. Yeah. But they cut that entirely from the movie and replaced it with the storyline from the first play. 
Right. Which was the Fritz Natalia storyline. Yes. But neither this is of getting so complicated. Ne- neither, <laughs> but neither of those storylines, I think, were in the book. No. So it's all it's very complicated. Yeah, and that, yeah, and there are a lot of revisions that Bob Fosse um, wanted uh, for the movie. Yeah. So like the movie doesn't resemble. I mean, you know, your your basic building blocks are there, but the movie is really, really different Way from different. the stage show. Way different. I think yeah. they cut. I mean, they cut a lot of songs. Basically, any song that took place outside of the Kit Kat Club, they yeah. cut it. Yeah. Fun fact. Okay. Um, so when they were making the stage show, um, Fosse's friend Jerome Robbins. Yeah. Make, he's making another appearance. Friend or like I mean, uh, friendly rival. Yeah, friendly rival, professional acquaintance. He he's mentioned a couple times in Fosse Verdon. He uh-huh. doesn't make any appearances. Well, I don't know. I actually never finished it, but I don't think he does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he comes up and it's usually like in a sort of competition kind of context. Right. Like, um, Mr. Sheffield and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But with like, uh, (laughs) with asshole choreographers. Yes. Uh, but Jerome Robbins told him (laughs) when they were making the stage show. No, it wasn't Fosse then. Who was involved in the stage show? Because Fosse wasn't involved until the movie, right? As far as I know, yeah. yeah so I don't it was think whoever so. made the whoever made the, the stage musical. It's in here somewhere. Um, but he told him to cut all the songs that weren't in the club, and he disregarded that. Hmm. So ended up taking that advice when making the movie, because every every song right. is, every song is in the club except for the one that the Nazi sings. Yeah. Um, Little Nazi number. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, fun facts. Um, do you, before we deep dive into the uh, recap, do you have any overall thoughts or uh, a rating? or? I, I give it an A. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. Yeah. Okay. What, what about you? Yeah, I give it an A. Yeah. I really, really like there it. There wasn't much to... I mean, there's, uh, there's parts of it... Um, that I mean, I, I really can't criticize the movie. There are parts that I don't love, but it's really more like the characters that I don't love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it's for what it's doing in 1972. Yeah, I think it's extremely well done. Right. I mean, uh, that's yeah, and that's the thing is that for the time, this is fucking groundbreaking. Yeah. Um. But you know, they didn't. They didn't lean all the way in, into him, like, being fully gay. You know, they had to, like, have him have a relationship with Sally, which I don't necessarily believe. I, well, see, I think it's great. I think that there probably should be more male bisexuality representation. Because you really don't see it a lot. That's true. You know, you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as being true to the to the, I did read some story. criticisms of um cabaret where they do talk about brian's sexuality and how you know maybe it is a negative that they didn't fully go like fully embrace homosexuality Mm -hmm. like maybe by making him bi that was sort of a crutch to be more accessible i guess right but i mean 
I just don't but see by, it that way because I don't think he's portrayed negatively in any light no. whatsoever. I love Brian. Yeah. I think he's an angel. Yeah. Um, he's he's so cute. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't really see that. And yeah, again, like I don't, I, I don't know. I just don't view it as, um, I don't view bisexuality as a crutch. Yeah, and it, on the I, path to homosexuality. No, it's not like a stepping stone. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like uh, bisexuality has been stigmatized in, in in that way so many times over the years. As far as like, if you're bi, then you're probably just you're just gay and you don't yeah. want to admit it. But yeah, because for I mean, for for a lot of gay people, you do make that. I mean, I remember in high school, I would like told my friends, I was like, well, maybe I'm bi. And I mean, like, (laughs) and if you're a straight, well, excuse me, not a straight person, but like a straight presenting person, like if you're a woman married to a man Mm -hmm. and then you come out as bi, it's like nobody believes you. Right. It's just, no, no one's going to buy it. And, but it shouldn't be that way, you know? And I feel like that's a conversation that's happening a lot right now is allowing people who are queer, who not necessarily are solely homosexual allow them to embrace their queerness even if they're in a straight relationship okay so let's <laughs> the sizzle of the champagne yeah let's uh let's do it let's, let's do it go to the recap we start with um silence yeah once again we don't get an overture mm-hmm. we just get silence as like the um ambient noise starts to build i was like Berlin. checking i was like checking my Oh, no, TV I had to, to crank it to, like, TV. 55. Yeah, I was like, is, like, did the version that I rented, is, missing, is it missing the sound? I was... <laughs> yeah. But then um, we do finally uh, get to Joel Gray, who mm-hmm. plays the Master of Ceremonies. And this whole time, the the sound, like, the audience noise is rising. Like, you can... Yeah, hear- that ambient noise yeah. is building and building and building. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he gives the opening number, which is Vikoman. Mm-hmm. And he starts... And in, I love it. He starts in front of a mirror, which was actually part of the stage show. Oh, okay. So they kept a few things. The stage show opened with the curtains open. So, like, when people are filing into the theater, mm-hmm. the curtains were open and there's a big mirror mm. where they're just looking at themselves. I love that. Right? Oh, and that's kind of neat because the very end... It's the same. same, You're looking at that warped mirror, but it's a lot darker because the people in it are Nazis. Uh Um, So Joel Gray, as the Master of Ceremonies MC, he uh, gives us Fikoman. It's, Mm -hmm. I, I mean... I, I can't really say enough about it. I love it. Like, yeah. as soon as you hear that first piano, yeah. um, it's catchy as hell. And uh, Joel Gray, that, that's his name? Yes. It's fantastic. And I think I think he's the was had the most decorated performance. He was the MC on stage uh-huh. as well. And I read that uh, the producer, Cy, I think his last name is Fuhrer or Fuhrer. Uh, it's spelled where it's like F-U-E-E-R. Uh, anyways, point is, uh, it was a requirement that mm-hmm. Joel Grey be cast in mm-hmm. the movie as well. Yeah. Like, I, I read it. I read that it was an ultimatum and this for is Bob only... Fosse. Either you take it or you're not directing this movie. Right. And this is only six years after the premiere of the stage musical. Okay. This so, yeah. 66. Got adapted pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. As they're performing, 
Vikoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Brian Roberts, who's played by Michael York. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael York is probably to audiences today most famous for being uh, Basil in Austin Powers. Right, yes. But he was Logan in Logan's Run. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I, I know him from. And he's... Uh, He's he's just he's a really cute guy. Yeah, I really like him. He's such a sweetheart. <laughs> he's a sweetheart, and um, he's he yeah he's charming. naive and you know just kind of innocent. Yeah, yeah. He's very Christian and exactly. Milan Rouge. He wants to to descend into the village of sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he's um he's a PhD candidate from Cambridge. Uh-huh. He's studying linguistics. Yes. And he has come to Berlin um I guess just to further his studies and his plan is to teach English lessons right. to to make a living while he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see him get off the train and he arrives at the boarding house. Yes, where American Sally Bowles mm-hmm. is living, and and we have just been introduced to Sally. She was on stage dancing at the Kit right. Kat Club, but kind of in the background. She's not. Yeah, a, she's not, not a like a featured. featured yeah. No, they introduce her like specifically as the American. But she's not featured quite yet. Yeah. Um, um, but and she is sort of this. This was interesting to me, and I don't know why. I mean, it, when he arrives, she is the one that's like, "Oh, come in. This is your room." Like, but she's not the landlady. No, but that's Sally. Yeah. You know, like she's um, she's really bombastic. Like she really. Uh, throws herself into any and every situation that she finds herself in like mm-hmm. she would never just back into a corner yeah she would never be a wallflower like she has to insert herself into everything and uh, towards the first part of this movie i was like is she she's kind of a manic pixie dream girl oh my god no she really is but... like before we like saw garden state and started viewing um women in that context like even before annie hall although yeah. i don't know when did annie hall come out like i don't 70s i don't like any probably around this time yeah um which i guess she would also be considered an og manic, manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. but um no i think that sally bulls totally has those vibes but as her character develops it's She's more than that. Yeah, I think that the key difference with Sally is that she's hurting all the time. Yeah. And and the way that she acts and the way that she acts out is just like a constant call for attention mm-hmm. and like love. Yeah. Like she's clearly lacking it from her father. Right. And the song, I mean, the song... <laughs> Maybe, uh, Maybe this time? Yeah. It, oh, my oh, my God. Yeah. So good. What, and- it's heartbreaking. I, I will say, okay, so that's one thing about this movie that... It's not that I dislike it, but I wish it was given more prominence in the film. Which, which was? what? Uh, the, the, the song, oh, when yeah. she sings... Yeah, it's kind of broken up by other little scenes, which is Well, strange. it's just like she's not really... I mean, yeah, she's singing solo um, on stage at the club, and she has on a, a cute get-up, but it's not like... I don't know. It comes at a weird time in the movie, like mm-hmm. right in the middle 
Yeah. And like, and it's surrounded by a lot of other, other, like a lot of other action. Yeah. And for me, it's just, it's such a showstopper number. I feel like there should be more that builds up to it and just more like cinematic, it could, I don't know, presentation to it. It could be the, it could be the, and I'm telling you of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Or I was thinking about, um, God, I hate that I can't remember. Uh, but the one in White Christmas when we get <gasps> yes. Rosemary Clooney. Yeah, like it could be one of those. Uh-huh. And it just feels really subtle. Like it feels subdued. Yeah. Her performance is not. I mean, her vocals are. Mwah. Yeah, incredible. And anyway. what did. She, I feel like these days, Liza Minnelli isn't really given. Uh, people sort of. Viewer is kind of a joke, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And I don't think she deserves that. And I feel like... No, she's an icon and a legend. Yeah. And I think that... I mean, you're you're so right. And part of it is because, like... It's not that Fosse is a joke, but, like, jazz hands. Right. And bowlers and canes. And, like, everything about his aesthetic has kind of become a joke. Yeah. But only because, like, that's what screams musical to right. a lot of people like this is where i don't know people just inherently view mi- musicals as silly right um and it's funny because cabaret was actually one of the first musicals not the first to feature such a gritty dark yeah se- like it wasn't a happy musical right and and the reason or a big reason it was so successful was because Bob Fosse, as the director, and Gwen Verdon, who Mm -hmm. (laughs) assisted on everything and really deserved some Mm -hmm. co-credits, they were very insistent that it not be, quote-unquote, shot like a musical. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing is that it's... And this might also um, sort of explain what you were talking about, about about that song not not having that show-stopping moment is that there's not a lot of, like, fantasy in this mm-hmm. movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in order to do what you're talking about, it would have to be, like, this sort of, like... You know how in, like, in Chicago, how, like... Rock- Another Fosse right. uh, but, production. But Roxy's numbers are, like, this sort of fantasy world. Sure. You know, and that's why they're so, like, glitzed out. Elaborate, right. yeah. Yeah. No, but, that makes sense. Like, Actually, I hadn't thought of it that way. Like, maybe it's subdued for a reason mm-hmm. because the movie is so based in reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, that could be true. Because they don't, it's not like they have the budget at the Kit Kat Club to like put on this, you know. I guess it's just like it's the pacing of the movie. It's just where it, where it appears in the film. Like, I feel like it could come much closer to the end. Yeah. It would maybe have more emotional impact. It would have more emotional impact, and I don't think it would change anything in terms of Sally's character. Yeah. But then again, it might make her a little bit more emotionally attached than we're supposed to believe that she is. Right. Maybe I just want that emotion to be there when it's not. Yeah. I don't know. So, so he is... um, he has arrived at the boarding house. She shows him his room, um, and he, she agrees to let him use her room for his 
English tutor- lessons. Yes. Yeah. Because her room is bigger and has a couch or whatever. She makes them a pair of prairie oysters, which is like a Gross. raw egg and Worcestershire sauce mm-hmm. concoction that's supposed to cure hangovers. Or I something. love how she just assumes that he's hungover. Because yeah. she is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how she is. She, she just, yeah. yeah, she embraces uh, everyone as though they're living the same life she is. Yes. Um, so, so then, uh, oh, she, we, says, she says that she's only been living there for three months. Yeah, forever. Three months. Which, she, and it seems like she has a pretty established lifestyle there. How could she not? I mean, she's so outgoing. Right. Yeah, she, I mean, yeah, she's the kind of person that jumps into every situation as if she's... You know. And we really don't ever find out, like, does she come from money or does she not? I'm leaning towards no. Yeah. Um, we don't. We never and see that, her like, father. Her, he's practically an ambassador. Is right. just something that she says. Well, yeah, because that whole conversation is a lie. But the telegram was real. Which telegram? The telegram that her father sends, and basically when he blows her off, mm, mm-hmm. and he only includes ten words because it they charge you extra right. if you add on more. Um, the telegram is real. Yeah. Now, the story in the telegram could be fake. So, I mean, we the point is, we have no idea. Right. But in that conversation, when she's talking about that, she she's like, me and my father have this amazing relationship. Like, So, if she's lying about that, she may as well be lying about his career. Right. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, probably does not come from money. But I don't know. I mean, the the actors that she's based upon did come from money. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Yeah. And sort of like abandon that for her bohemian lifestyle. So once we've got Brian and Sally established, we cut to Sally performing. Sally's first number. Mine hair. Mine hair. Oh, my God. It's so good. And this is like the most like fossy yeah. number in the whole show yeah we've got the the kit kat club dancers is this the one where she ends like sprawled across the chair yes, yes. they they're all using the chairs as props mm-hmm. they're, i mean even more than props really yeah and they you know they're laying horizontally across the chair and propping their legs up like bound like i i hate to use this analogy but they're planking mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's just like to give you an idea of how much it must hurt to yeah. do this and they're snapping and she comes out in the vest only uh-huh. no shirt underneath and a bowler mm-hmm. and um yeah what are the, the what is that style of bangs called with the point in the middle okay so i'm not sure what it's called but it looks like a widow's peak right and i mean it's a widow's peak is just like a natural hairline, hairline when it does that like vampire yeah <laughs> or eddie munster look right yeah i'm not sure what the haircut would be called but i do know that she styled it um based upon louise brooks who was a 1930s actress that her dad was a big fan of okay yeah yeah she asked him you know what should i go for for 1930s you know sex symbol Mm -hmm. he said louise brooks (laughs) i love her hair in this movie i do too it's one of my favorite things yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so, oh, and Brian has come to the club. Yeah, Brian. To see her perform. Yeah, he's at the club. And um, I think once she's done performing, doesn't she like, she literally calls him over 
to her table because they have this like old fashioned setup. Yeah, I was like, what is with these like phones in the club where you okay, can like, so call this, between tables? I'm vaguely familiar with these. Like, they weren't around. Certainly not in my generation. Um, but back in the day, this was a thing where at like a nightclub or even like at a diner, um, there would be a phone set up at every table and you could call any table you wanted. That's so and, fun. Like, and I know. We should bring it back. <laughs> right. And like invite people over. Yeah. Yeah. How very COVID guidelines of them. That too. <laughs> I know. Like now... Now is the time, right. business owners, specifically in Nashville. Right. Now is the time to bring back the, the the phone, the table phones. So is she? So is she? She calls him over. Is is this when she's with Fritz? Uh, yeah, she introduces him to Fritz, and mm-hmm. and Fritz, uh, he needs English lessons, mm-hmm. so it's a perfect match. And, um, yeah, Fritz, uh, basically, we learned that he um, is poor. (laughs) He's poor. He's friends with Sally, but they don't sleep on each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he has trouble with prepositions. Uh (laughs) Yeah, they don't sleep on each other. Not not him and Sally. (laughs) And then we have some mud wrestling. Um, does that happen this early? Yeah. The mud wrestling? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I remember the first time I saw that, I was so surprised that mud wrestling existed in the 30s. But... I mean, it's just a really orgiastic society. <laughs> <laughs> so they're mud wrestling. Uh-huh. Sally and Brian are becoming fast friends. Yes. Um, they, like, he's not caught off guard like she she, i think she's trying to shock him Mm -hmm. she even asks him you know do i shock you and he says no and she's like what no oh yeah (laughs) are you sure (laughs) (laughs) she's trying to and he's just he's just going along with it he's going along with it he's he's not alarmed by her her frank manners yeah he he likes it he, he, I think he does. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, he's intrigued. Yeah, I mean, he's new and like, who is this girl? He's new in town, and he, you know, I assume that he sort of this is what he's looking for. Is I mean, someone he's to the like total Zach Braff character. Oh god! <laughs> I know I shouldn't say that. I'm going to ruin the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so then um, at the club. I mean, but hold on, like okay. they, this is like when they do have like the Garden State moment. What, which one, what do you mean? Okay, so in Garden State, they go to the rock quarry, and they all oh, scream. Oh, and they scream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Garden State has a cabaret moment. That's how it works. Exactly. But yeah, she, like, they're becoming friends, and she hears the train, she's like, oh my god, come with me, come with me, and she runs off, and she just screams, because the train is passing over, and then she gets him to do it, and it's just like, oh, adorable. And the thing is, this th- that hadn't been done before when this came out. Exactly. You know what I mean? It hadn't been done before, and I also really love the line, like, oh, come on, don't be so British. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I couldn't. <laughs> don't be so British. Uh, like, who's not thought that at least once about a British person? <laughs> I couldn't. Um, but when they were at the club, did you... Um, Somebody is kicking a Nazi out of the club. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll That's c- happening like, they do a lot of, um, we can't call them montages, but they do a lot of scene jumping. Right. And and you don't get uh, 
elongated uh, scenes. You don't get lengthy scenes yeah. when they jump around. So it's kind of like... Yeah, it's, it's just, not like frantic, but it's you got to pay attention. But it, I think it's happening while the mud wrestling wrestling is happening. It's either yeah, you're right. It's during the mud wrestling, um, or is it when, uh, or maybe this happens later? There's another cut scene where they're doing like a German folk style dance. That's and when leader that's hosen. when that that's when the same dude is getting beat up by the Nazis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, they do like cut back and forth between the stage number and... If something physical is happening on stage, something physical is also happening off stage, basically. Right, right exactly. Yeah, which is a cool <clears throat> thing, yeah. uh, a cool part of this movie that I, I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, so while they're walking home, I mean, they do the they do the screaming thing. There's lots of Nazi flags and propaganda around. Right. Um, it's just sort of like this... Kind of in the background until it comes to a head, you know. Yeah, throughout the whole movie, Nazism is building and building and yeah. building until. And I yeah. feel like that's why, because it's originally set, and the 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 action that it's based on was more around like 1929, but I think they put it in 1931 so that. Um, you know, that tension could really build and come to a head when... The, yeah, I think, it, I think it was, like, 1933 when the Nazi political party, like, officially took over. Right. So it's, like, in the very last days of what was an otherwise... I mean, I don't know, like, a relatively happy time. Yeah. At, at the same time, Jean Ross, who the character Sally is based upon, she was a little dissatisfied with the film and felt like... I don't want to say sugarcoating is the right word, but she said, you know, they left out a lot of the poverty mm-hmm. and the Nazis marching through the streets. Like, yeah. she was basically just saying, like, it was a lot. It was even darker than it looks. Yeah. But there is something about about it being this sort of, like, looming specter in the background. Yeah, and the way know? it builds and builds and builds. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's... Without addressing it it's directly. It's subtle. Yeah. But it's there. Right. Yeah. Which is almost, like, more terrifying. Exactly. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's how it happens. Yeah. It's just little things here and there until all of a sudden it's all around you and there's nothing you can do to control it. Right. Yeah. (sighs) So, anyway. This is... Okay. (laughs) So, they scream. (laughs) They scream, and this is when it it cuts to the Nazis beating up the guy who kicked them out. Yeah. Um, during and that's happening during what I called the later hosen number. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're back at the boarding house now. Uh-huh. And Sally introduces Brian to Er Ludwig, mm-hmm. who is an erotic publisher. Yes. Which he doesn't know when he agrees to translate the book. Yeah, and he doesn't even want to agree to it. Um uh, Sally has this way of overselling everyone. Yeah. And she so calls him like a famous writer yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, she's she's definitely oversold his credentials but it also seems to me that er ludwig is like a completely aware of the fact that sally is exaggerating some aspects Uh and b um he does not care because he's an erotic works publisher so he just yeah he needs anyone (laughs) um and 
Uh, Brian is a little bit shook by this, but he needs the money and he's he's not that judgy, so yeah. he's willing to go with it. So he's reading this book and he's like, This is this is dirty. Ooh la la. And she's like, it's yeah. called something something the whip lady. Yes. And he, and he's like, It's pornographic. And she's like, Well yeah. <laughs> I wonder when I heard him say the whip lady, this wasn't something I realized the first time I was watching it, but this time I I started wondering, like, do you think you ever figured out that the translation would be dominatrix and not whip lady? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, well, I wonder if that term existed. Did it exist? It did, I think yeah. it probably did. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't think that you would, I don't know, I don't know if you would call it. Um, hello, I'm here to see the whip lady. <laughs> they wouldn't even let you in. <laughs> so, during this scene, yeah. Sally decides to shoot her shot. She's going to make her move. She's yeah. like, he's reading smut, he's probably going to be into this. <laughs> She really goes for it. Um, she asks him how how much he likes her body. Like, Do you love my body? She's like this part's. She's like this part's flat, and then this part is, and then she puts his uh, hands on her boobs. Yeah, she 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 takes it as far as she possibly can. Yeah. And uh, he is not reciprocating. And this at is all. and this is the part of it where I'm like. I don't know. Wouldn't she suggest that, like, well, maybe you don't even like girls? Right. And, like, I mean, that's a classic, um, like, bitchy woman move to be like, oh, well, you, if don't you don't like, like me, me, you must be gay. Right. But but the thing is that he isn't, he doesn't, he doesn't seem interested, you know? Uh, this is where, I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a conflicting scene. Yeah. Um, because he obviously is, like, uncomfortable, and he, you know... He's obviously uncomfortable. I think it I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, like, Sally is very needy. She mm-hmm. thinks that she needs attention, like, specifically male attention, like, and this is how she gets it. Yeah. And that if she doesn't get it that way, that means she is unworthy of love. Right. More or less. I, yeah. I mean, I think that's where her headspace is at. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, that makes her behavior okay. Um, I don't think that her behavior necessarily, yeah. Th- this particular instance, her behavior is probably not okay. You know, it's a little bit. It's a it's a bit much. It's a little rapey. A bit much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but her behavior overall, as far as being free sexually is fine yeah i think in this moment she's just like she's being a little slutty because she's a little needy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like she just she needs comfort yeah constantly yeah and the company of a man yeah in the biblical sense is what she uses to feel that and if we're being frank she wasn't 100 percent wrong about his views on women no she wasn't totally wrong no um, he but does. she does. She does. I think that this movie is telling us that she has daddy issues. <laughs> you think? You think she does? <laughs> he does confide with her that he has only been with three women, and it was, it was uh, bad. It was disaster forced. every time. Right. And, and she, but she immediately accepts it. She's like, "Oh, yeah." Well, she, she's okay. Yeah, that's she's fine. like, "If you are, that's fine." Like she's very like for the thirties, is very. 
um, progressive about her ideas. Yeah, it's still very binary. Like, you either have to like men or you like women. Yeah. But the fact that she believes he only likes men, she's fine with it. Right. Yeah. Um, and says they're better off friends anyway. And he says that he's not really practicing sex with anyone. He says that he's pretty much celibate. Yeah, because he doesn't know what he wants or who he wants or Mm -hmm. who he is. Uh, He doesn't really know anything. I mean, I don't know how old he is. He's a PhD candidate, so probably like mid-20s. Probably. But, I mean, he's a baby. The girl who it's based on, Jean Ross, um, she was only 19. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they were all youngins. Very young, yes. Uh, angels. Um, so we cut to um Sally's apartment and um uh Brian is tutoring Fritz. Yeah, he's finishing up a lesson with mm-hmm. Fritz Vindel or uh-huh. Win- uh, Vindel. We'll the one who with. is not doing sex on Sally. <laughs> They're <laughs> yeah, not sleeping on each like, other. At first, when I first saw this, I thought he was joking about being a gigolo, but I think he's, I think he's serious. Watching it this time, I was like, oh no, I think he's telling the truth. I think he's a gigolo (laughs) in the sense that he's looking for money from the Yeah, the term might be different, but he does say that he canceled three dates. Well, they, but she calls him a gigolo and she's like, like, he's a gigolo. Yeah, he only wants me for my money in that context, you know? Yeah, but like. Well, what does it mean when he says that to hang out with them, like, he canceled three dates? Yeah. Because that sounds like, like, paid gigs yeah. to me. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But um, he's finishing up his lesson with Fritz, and he mentions that he has a new pupil uh-huh. coming by, and it's Natalia Landauer uh-huh. of the famous Landauers. A rich Jewish woman. Yeah, basically, um, I don't know if it's a real store, maybe in Europe, but I, I, I'm not familiar with it. But in the movie, they are um, a wealthy Jewish family known for owning a department store, presumably called Landauer's. Right. Um, Fritz is extremely excited yes. by the news of a rich woman coming by. Right. Um, we don't know it at this point, but Fritz is in fact Jewish. Right. And he's hiding it the whole he's time. He's come to Berlin to start a new life as a non-Jewish person. Yeah, because he can see just the way that things are going. Yeah. And later on in the film, I mean, he discusses how, like, I I gave... I gave up that I that part of myself, that part of my identity, and you know what? I got friends. Yeah. I got parties. Mm-hmm. I got a job. Yeah. Um. It's you know it sucks, but yeah, he does sad. he does get a full, full and complete uh, resolution yes. by the end of the movie. So without a with and I'm, I was I was so glad that there wasn't a um. There wasn't explicitly a bad ending for them. No, no, but, not at all. But who knows what happened later, you know, whatever. No, um, it, it ends. It just ended. It ends and there's... Nothing else happened. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, we're so doing, Sally, so yeah. Sally shows up right before Natalia does. Yeah, Sally shows up and she's like huffy about something. Yeah. 
And she demands that she have a drink right then and there. And Michael's like, or not Michael, the actor is Michael, but uh, Brian is like, you you I did a... say we could use your room for this. And she's like, fuck fairness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Right. He's, he's, uh, he says, well, in all fairness, and he's about to say, like, you told me I could use your room. She for does me. not care. Yeah. She's like, screw fairness or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, she is kind of one of those women that, like, I don't know. She gets away with, like, being so rude to everyone. Uh-huh. And Ren's, like, just like, oh, she's quirky. Oh, you. That's just. It, that's where it's very manic. That's just, that's just Sally. Dream girl. Like, if I try and behave that way, no one is like, oh, how charming. <laughs> like, oh, this bitch. Um, and so Natalia shows up and she's gorgeous and she's excited that there's other people there because yeah. she wants to she's be, like oh good th- we- she wants to be practicing her english yeah she's like oh good <laughs> there are more people here this is good for conversation yeah and so like the conversation is terrible yeah what did they what is it that they talk about she's she like jumps right into it she's well, like no one else well. wants to talk yeah <laughs> no one else wants to talk and then finally natalia's like um i did have a cold <laughs> but i don't anymore but i don't anymore and then she <laughs> she tries to say or, or no fritz is like oh a cold of the nose is the worst and she says oh it wasn't a cold of the nose it was, it was a, cold a cold of, of the, the bosom, bosom. <laughs> And she tries to explain the the phlegm that was caught in her throat, oh, but she, calls she says it plegum. It, she calls it plegum because it's spelled P H E L G M. Yeah, and <laughs> I love this line. There's a lot of really funny lines in this movie, by the way. Yeah, um, I've I've already skipped over a few of them, but like, there's a lot of comedy yes. that I appreciate. But no, um, <laughs> uh, she calls it phlegm, and then plegum. or plegum. And Brian points out, you know, it's it's pronounced this way because he does not know. Right. He says the, a PH is always an F. And she's like, but why is the G silent? She's like, why is the G there? Yeah, she says, Zen, why, why is they putting the G, please? <laughs> why like, is they putting the G? <laughs> and he says, I don't he says know. good question. I don't know. Yeah. Which I hard to believe for a linguistics phd candidate there is probably a reason there's definitely a reason (laughs) um i mean and he's from the uk so like if he can make sense of welsh Mm -hmm. like he can figure out why phlegm is spelled the way it is right (laughs) but anyways i digress um (laughs) yeah so why are we putting the g why are we putting the g please So then we kind of we kind of jump to like after this scene they're all best friends. They're like Yeah, they keep up their friendship. Yeah, they're they're going out and doing stuff, they're going on bike rides. Yeah, they really like each other and Natalia like becomes to view um becomes to view Sally as a confidant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same with Fritz and Brian. Yeah, they become yeah. friends. And Fritz thinks that he's falling in love with Natalia. Yeah. He's like, I didn't think I w- I thought that I just wanted to get to know her because she's rich, but I think that I'm falling like, in I love with Like, I actually have right. feelings for her. Right. So Sally, um, yeah, we we do the cut to where they're bike riding, whatever, and then we cut to Sally is going out to meet with her dad. But she has, she has told, Sally has told, um, Sally has told, sorry. 
<laughs> wait, 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 wait. Who is to- who's done what? Sally has told what? <laughs> Sally has told Brian that he should that Fritz should pounce on Natalia. Right. Okay, so let's so talk then, about that. And so then Brian tells Fritz that Sally said that he should pounce on Natalia. And and later on the pouncing does in fact happen. How do we feel about this? It the at, pouncing. It was um I know. Uh, it's, I don't. I just don't know. Because she said she was like, I was screaming no, and then but I liked then, it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's it. That was one thing that I was like, they could have. This could have. It's pretty border. Like I don't know. Do we even call it borderline rapey? I mean, she does say that she consents to it. Right. It's just any any romantic story that starts off with I was shouting and screaming no <laughs> is not a good story. Yeah. I it's, mean yeah. if 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 it was just that line that was cut, it would have been a lot better. I, yeah, you know? and I don't feel like it would have changed up no, the story not, that much. It's not necessary. <laughs> Although it maybe would have made it seem like pouncing is like really good advice. Or maybe there were maybe like part of it. But at the it, same time, I mean, that kind of was the message. But maybe they were, maybe part of the message was that, not the message, but, you know, was that he took the word pounce too literally. Maybe. You know? Because I do understand what Sally is saying. She's saying, go for it. Yeah, she's saying, like, take a little initiative, right. man. Right. Like, there's a difference between being direct yeah and being clear right about your intentions but, about how you feel towards a person but obviously fritz is taking english net lessons not that's his first true. language actually that's a really good probably point. looked up pounce. i think we have to keep that in mind right yeah so he viewed pounce as like oh pounce <laughs> you know are we reading too much into it are we trying to give a plausible reason for all of this that makes it a lot nicer than what it is yeah maybe because i mean obviously in the end she consents she falls in love with him blah 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 right but in this moment is it okay no no no. uh are we trying to make excuses for a movie that we like maybe yes yeah maybe yeah um but the thing is at the end of the day she does consent yes (laughs) And it's one line. Uh, let me. See, if that line wasn't there about her shouting and screaming, I know no. they could have just taken out that one line. <laughs> it would have been fine. And it was the seventies, and um, the fact that they talked about consent at all, honestly, is probably right. There, a, a big deal. I had no idea how progressive this movie was. Yeah, I had no idea. It's not only like just progressive. I mean, it really. I mean, this movie, I think, changed the landscape. For musical movies, yeah. For Eliza Minnelli, mm-hmm. for Bob Fosse. I mean, it changed everything. Yeah, it created a whole, in my opinion, a whole genre of movie, and that's Fosse. Yeah. I mean, I know that like he he made movies in other genres, but like he is his own thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And as the choreographer and the and the director, you know, yeah. It's not just dancing that he does. Like the you know. Anyway, so like you said, uh, Sally's been stood up by her father. Yeah, super duper sad. Yeah. Um, when when uh, we find Brian, he comes back home 
he finds Sally just like sitting in the darkness. Yeah, with her little dicky on. <laughs> Which she tears off in anger. Yeah. Um, but I mean it's like during Okay, so basically here's here's what happens. She's sitting in silence. Mm-hmm. He comes home. He is consoling her, telling her, No, you are worth love. Yeah. Because she thinks that she's You're worthy, worthless. you're amazing. She's like, Really, you think I'm amazing? Like, this is what she needs. You know? Yeah. She's like, Really, really, you think and I'm amazing? And it doesn't seem to me that she's just fishing. Like, no. she genuinely needs to hear right. that, like, she's v- valued, that she is worthy yeah. of love. And then, like, she's hugging him, and and she doesn't even try to to kiss him he kisses her yeah um what is it that she says because she's like hold me or like make make me warm or something right no that happened oh that's later no that happened when she like tried to seduce him oh early on like she gets out of the shower and she's like you were lying about the oh about the hot water about the hot water there was none left (laughs) hold me no make me warm no really do it yeah Anyway, yeah. yeah, that was a different part. But and in this scene, like she's not trying to come on to him. He's consoling her. He's consoling her, and then he kisses her. Yeah, it turns into a kiss. It turns into a thing, and then it turns into making whoopee, uh, doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's when maybe this time happens. Yeah, and so we're getting this like, I mean, this is the closest thing to a montage that we get, but basically. Uh, she's singing maybe this time and it is i mean just the lyrics are the most heartbreaking lyrics i've ever heard yeah um singing about how like you know people love a winner so no one loved me what is that one sign lady peaceful uh lady happy yeah maybe that maybe that's me this time you maybe know? he'll stay yeah Maybe, mm. Just maybe, maybe things are going to work out for me this time. Mm-hmm. Um, while she's singing that song at the Kit Kat Club, uh, we get uh, an overlay of images of her and Michael, or Post-coitus. her and Brian, not Michael, Michael York's the actor, <laughs> but her and Brian, yeah, just in a lover's embrace. Yeah, they're pillow talking. Yeah, they're having their moment, they're falling in love. And that's when he says... Maybe those three girls were the wrong three girls. Right. And this is when we get, um, there's just a really cute shot of her. She's got, like, the magazine pulled up over her her lips and nose. You just see her eyes, and she's got that widow's peak mm-hmm. haircut and the big, big the eyelashes. Big eyelashes, yeah. Yeah, the huge eyelashes, and it's just, like, classic. But their sex scene is, like... The one scene where she's not wearing the fake lashes. Did you notice this? Uh, I did not notice this. I think it was. I think it was probably because she was going to see her dad or something. She was kind of in a very conservative getup. You know, she's like I was saying. She's wearing that like white bow dicky thing. Right. It was very prim. No, you're right though. Like that is the most uh, conservative that she dresses in the whole film. Yeah, and like her bangs are swept to the side. Mm-hmm. Like she is very much like. Prim and proper. This is like her dinner with dad outfit. True. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um. So anyway, uh, we cut to. I think I, I think we cut to Natalia has called on Sally. She wants to confide with her about Fritz. Yes. So yeah, Natalia has invited Sally over 
to her big big mansion. Yeah. And um <laughs> This is when she talks about the the pouncing. The pouncing. This is when the pouncing comes <laughs> up. Yeah. We've basically already like hit the high points of yeah. this whole conversation. So basically they had sex and now she can't stop thinking about him. Yeah. And the sex didn't start off great. It didn't no. start off super consensual. No. Um, but eventually it was. She she makes it clear that she was into it. Yeah, I mean now she's in now she's falling in love with him. Yeah, and it's not. I mean not just after the fact, like during the fact, like yeah. she said. But then all of a sudden, like all I wanted was him. Yeah, I don't know. It really does add to the idea of like when women say no, they really just want well, right. it. You just just try harder, and then she'll be into it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I give it a B minus. <laughs> no. A B minus. <laughs> B plus. <laughs> a minus. A minus. The just, film's an A minus. Just take the song. Let's take that one line out. I know. How hard could it be? I know. Oh, anyways. So anyway, Natalia is, but she's also heartbroken because she's Jewish and he isn't, so they can't be together. Or she thinks that he is. That's what she winds up, yeah, that's what she she goes with. Um, and there's some funny lines in this conversation where, like, uh, she's saying to Sally, the reason I wanted you to come over is because she says, quote, you, with so many as you call, screwings, <laughs> shall please tell me the truth. Because she's not sure, like, is this love or, or right, is Right, does it, this happen every time? Is it passion? Right. Yeah. You, with the screwings, you know. You know. And she means tell it me. sweetly, you know? Yeah. And I, then um I don't she, think that Natalia is judging her. She just doesn't know how to say it. Oh, right yeah. Way. No, it's definitely just a translation yeah. issue. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, and then another funny line comes from Sally, where, where Sally is basically like, girl, I don't like this. This is a shitty situation. I and, don't really know what to tell you. And then she, Do they and, have Jewish nuns? <laughs> and now Sally feels bad. Yeah. Because she she's kind of instigated. Right. It's her fault that this happened in the first place. Right. She didn't know that there would be this um, cultural aspect to it that would keep them apart if she tried to get them together right so after this scene we get um basically just like a little meet cute at the laundry yeah mm-hmm. between maximilian maximilian the baron mm-hmm. and sally and he is cute he cute mm-hmm. he cute i'm not a huge he's not bad looking i'm not a huge fan of a blonde mustache but you know whatever yeah, he's real Aryan. Yeah. Um, and I think that's on purpose yeah. in this movie. Yeah. I really think it is. I mean, they do they do leave the party when the Nazis start singing. Yeah. You know, they're like, gotta go. I don't know. It's not it's not No, I think that Maximil I mean, like, we see later on that like Brian is like staunchly Yes. Like anti Nazi. Yes. And I think Maximilian is your apathetic like a little more apathetic. He's type. rich enough to not care. He's like um the he's like in Sound of Music with uh, uh Mac with yeah, Max. Uncle Max, yeah. <laughs> he's like if they're gonna do you know, whatever. Basically. But But she has a meet cute, like she drops some laundry, he picks it mm-hmm. up. He's like, um, can I give you a ride somewhere? I've got my car. And when they walk out, it's like this super duper fancy Rolls Royce. Doesn't look that unlike Daddy Warbucks, mm-hmm. his Rolls Royce. Which, was, you know, we're in the same wait, time is it set period. in the same year? Yes. Oh my, if it is the same year, was it 31? Yeah. And there's even more connections that, like, we'll get to later on, but. 
I, I think I texted you. I feel like Cabaret is the anti-Annie. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same year, same time period, just Very totally different. different. Yes. Yeah. I love them both. Don't but get me wrong. But there's even more, like, um, connections. But we'll talk about them later on. Okay. Yeah. So after this, we dive appropriately into the song Money, Money. Which I love. Yes. Uh, this one was added for the film. It was written for the film. Mm-hmm. Love it. Did not win anything. But did you know, I mean, I'm sure you did because you researched this, the, mm-hmm. the awards, mm-hmm. but this movie won, It's the it won the most Oscars for any movie. Did not win Best Picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Duh, of Why course. Why didn't it win Best what, what did it lose to? Um, The Godfather. Oh. <laughs> So I can't be mad about it. Yeah, it's it. like when you find out it's The Godfather, you're like, oh, all right, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. And there's another connection there. Guess who was in, oh, no, she was in The Godfather too. Never mind. But listen. Diane Keaton. Bob Fosse beat Francis Ford Coppola. Crazy. For Best Director. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is quite an achievement. Mm-hmm. It's pretty big. I mean, I think I like. I mean, I think I like this movie better than Godfather. But listen, I do too. Okay, I like the Godfather, we but I like this movie. It it's okay, I people like won't yell. Movie <laughs> Personal so, preference. So anyway, we learned that Max is a baron. Yeah, Max is rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a baron, and it's not a coincidence that they're singing the song. Money, 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 mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, uh, as she's getting to know. And I love when it shows Baron. up later when the MC shows the song isn't even going on anymore, and the, the MC shows up and just goes, Money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, like, um, that happens a few times throughout where basically, like, she can't get the MC's voice out of her head. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he represents one life, and Brian is a different life, and then Max is another life. Well, and the thing, like, the, the all the songs end up being a commentary on everything that's going on in the movie. So it's not, they, they don't yeah, necessarily... Yeah, it's, it's a lot like um, Dreamgirls right, that way. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of performance scenes, but the songs that they're singing represent action that's happening outside of the theater. Yeah, in fact, the only song, well, I mean, we were saying earlier, they cut all the songs for the movie that didn't take place inside of the Kit Kat Club. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, the only song that does is um, the German um, Nazi mm-hmm. song, which was another one that I think I think it was written for the movie, but they, they wrote it to sound like a traditional folk song. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and the thing is... Uh, it is stirring, you know. Oh song. no, that scene is really well done. Well, I mean, and the song—it—it's designed to create an emotion, you know. I'm not—I don't have any thoughts about the song, but like that scene to me, it's actually kind of scary. Yeah. Because, like, number one, we start with just a boy. He looks to be about like 15. Yeah. Singing this song, and as they slowly pan down. You, you don't see that he's wearing the, you know, he's got a swastika. The Nazi insignia. Yeah, he's got the insignia. And then you you watch the crowd, and they start standing up one by one, and they're Slowly, singing along and, with him. And there's people there that are 
don't want to stand up. And the people that are singing and standing, they're just like, their faces are getting angrier and angrier. Yeah. And the whole vibe by the end of the song is like very mob mentality and like it's hostile. And then everyone is standing. Most everyone. Yeah, there's like a, you're right though. There's a couple of people that we see like specifically like they are not gonna stand yeah like there's an older man and he's got a hat on and he's just like trying hard to look away yeah and then you know in that scene um basically i mean that's when um max and sally and brian have had like a weekend getaway together and uh, that's Sally's, when Sally's not with napping. them. Yeah, Sally's napping. Oh, but we They're haven't gotten there boy- yet. I know yeah. we haven't. They're having boy time, but basically. <laughs> right. um, no, that's when he- Max says, I kind of like it when she's napping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm getting at is Brian says to Max, You think you can control them now? Right. He's talking about how, like, the rise of Nazism is beyond. Like this, this rich baron thinks that he can stay on top of things. Well, yeah, and he said because he, of his money and as well. And what he had said before that was there. He said they're thugs, but they're kind of necessary to keep commun- communism at bay. Right. Like I'm just, you know, this is better for me because I can stay on top of things. Right. It's a controlled chaos. Right. They're evil, but as long as they're my evil, right. I can, you know, it'll be fine. Right. And yeah. Uh, when everyone starts singing along with this very like nationalistic, yeah, song, uh, I think that's, that's when, when that's realize. when Brian is like, "So you think really think you can control that?" Yeah, yeah you think this is gonna be okay? <laughs> it's not. So, going back to where we were, um, <laughs> uh, they had so Max wants to show Sally around. Um, he knows about Brian, so he walks. He comes to their apartment. Because they're in bed together, and wakes oh, them yeah, up. Yeah, it's so weird. He wakes them up with champagne. I know it's so weird, and like this is the start of like the weird thruple. Yeah, situation. It's not a thruple. Like they're not all like poly with each other. They're not all in they don't on know. it. They don't know at the beginning. But like it's clear to the audience that Max is stirring the pot and seducing both of them. Yeah. But it's also this very, like, mid-century thing. I mean... I mean, it's weird that they're, like, just fine with him, like, coming into their bedroom when they're both, like, naked in bed. And he's just like, hello, darlings. But isn't this kind of, like, two two guys and a girl thing very, like... Isn't that that happening, like, on the road? Isn't it, like, a very Kerouac thing, too? I, um... Do not care and, for um, Kerouac, so I couldn't tell you. And then later on, it happens. It happens in other media. I don't know. It just like it Mama, feels like a little Gatsby-ish to Ichi me. Ichi Mama Tambien. Oh God! Um, <laughs> it just feels very like I don't know, like this weird time where people were a lot more willing to. Um, I don't know. It's just a different dating culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, like, people were really willing to just, like, openly hang out with their very recent exes uh-huh. and to talk openly about their past relationship. And, like, they could have easily been in love, but they're just like, ah, yeah. I'm with him now. And it's... I mean, it's free love. It's, you know, it's... Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it's free love, but also there's, like, that controlled, like, 
societal structure that comes with it just from like being in the 20s or 30s yeah do you get what i'm saying yeah absolutely you know it's it's weird yeah and i feel like they were even like more open back then maybe than people are now or like more like willing to acknowledge it socially in the yeah in those like specific bohemian areas whereas like today i feel like proper etiquette would be to like either either you acknowledge it up front or you don't at all and i feel like those kinds of those kinds of cultures anymore don't exist geographically do you, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, because of, because of the way that social media and, like, the way that everyone's connected now, you don't need to be sure, in, in the same... Sure, because we all, like, kind of know what's going on. Right. We don't have to talk about it. And at this time, you move to a neighborhood to be around the kind of people you want to be around. I think that's the difference. Yeah. That, like, it was unavoidable if you wanted to hang out with that crowd. Yeah. Whereas today, like, yeah, we all... We're all aware of what each other is doing right? because of social media. So it's a lot easier for us to just like not talk about it. Right. And that feels like the more typically the more like proper etiquette is to just ignore. Right. Whereas back then it's, you know, they most of those people moved to that neighborhood because that's the kind of thing that they wanted. Yeah. I mean, how can they not acknowledge it? Right. Yeah. Um, so, so Max is buying Sally fancy gifts. He got her a fur coat and a bunch of other things. Right. Um, and he also got Brian a gold cigarette case. And I think we're... He initially refuses it. Yeah. And I think we're led to believe that it's uh, like real gold. Oh, yeah. It shows it like with this light where it's shimmering. I mean, she's wearing a chinchilla coat. Yeah. Yeah. He's rich AF. Yes. Um, but you know, Brian doesn't want to take it. Um, oh, this is what they're, they're driving. And this is when they see, you see that the dead body on the street and they're talking about the Nazis. And this is when Max. Yeah. Says, this is a scene that just adds to the rising tension of yeah. Nazism. And in that's where Max said, well, they're just thugs. They right. are. It's, it sucks, but they are necessary to keep communism, communism at bay. And so as they're driving, this is where she just falls asleep. She stretches yeah. out and makes herself quite comfortable. And he and he's like, do you want champagne? She's like, no, I'm sleeping. So she, she takes a nap. They at- stop at like a beer garden. Mm-hmm. And that's where the whole like Nazi song happens. But and they before- talk about how nice it is to just like, just have the boys. But before that is two ladies oh yeah that's right <laughs> which is a fun song about it, it three this ways. is um my okay so there's i was gonna say this is my least favorite my least favorite is the one that happens the, at the end with the mc um and the gorilla suit oh yeah but that's a, another conversation i think it's, um, i mean yeah, yeah we'll talk yeah, about but it but with this one i i'm not crazy about two ladies but I get it. I mean, it's it. I I feel like it's one of those songs that would have been funny in the '30s. I don't think it was funny in the '70s. It's definitely not funny and today. And but it's like, not I, necess- I get it. It's not necessary for the plot, unless we're just talking about like this three-way relationship. No, you know? I agree. Like, it's really. I don't really know what the song is doing here. Yeah. Um, except for I, exactly. Like I was sort of thinking maybe. This is alluding to the situation that's going on between Max, Brian, and 
Sally, but it's obviously the inverse. Right. Uh, where we have two men, but it's also like they're not doing a a threesome. Yeah, what thing. they're what they're doing isn't like a three way sexual it's relationship. It's not. It's like it's, it's all very secretive. Yeah, and so that makes me wonder: like, is this song supposed to? Is it supposed to have anything to do? I don't know what it's saying necessarily. I don't either. So, like, this is another moment, and there's only a couple, but this is another moment where I, I really, I'm not sure that it's necessary or needed. I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. It's a fun song, but I don't think it's necessary to the plot or anything. Yeah, I mean, the the stuff they do with the sheet, like, it's, it's, it's really, funny. It's cool choreography. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. When the, like... And again, if you if you put yourself in that 1931 mindset, I mean, this is stuff that's never been done before, so that's yeah. you know interesting. And they're like, I mean, some of the some of the moves are like, how do they do that when they're like writhing around under the sheet, and then like he pops out, and then her head like pops like goes down under her between her knees, you know? Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, in that sense, it obviously took a lot of staging. Yes, I can't imagine rehearsing that. <laughs> Um, so now Max has invited them to his country estate, and he gets right. he gets Brian to accept a gift, the blue sweater. And this is when you start to see their flirtation happening. Yeah, yeah. He um he he basically forces that gold cigarette case. He puts on it with Brian. the sweater, right? Yeah, or yeah. like with an outfit that yeah. he's given him to wear. Yeah. Um, and we see... He says see... that Max... Oh, Max says that he has a wife. Well, sh- but they yeah. have, But they have an understanding. And I think in that moment when he talks about the understanding that they have, you can look at it as him just saying, we have an open marriage. Uh-huh. But I truly do believe that he is trying to tell Brian she is okay with me Having sleeping with men, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I just feel like there is a different connotation when he says, "Like we have a very understanding." Right. It's like marriage. a wink. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, especially when like Brian is shirtless and he's helping him pick out right it's, something cute to wear. Yes. Yeah. Like oh, I have to. Oops, I've got to take off my shirt to put on this uh-huh. other shirt. Yeah. And he looks good. Uh huh. He's so. Skinny, but I, yeah. but adorable. Yeah, so yes, skinny so adorable. in a great way. He doesn't look too skinny. Um, so then they're getting the three of them are getting drunk, and they have this like weird, not weird. They have this drunken like three way dancing moment. Yeah, like they're about to have a thing, yeah. and then Brian gets really overwhelmed, and and it's not clear whether he's like actually too drunk to do this or i think it's both yeah i think that he okay so basically like they're all just like they are they are faded Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they are in like the 4 a.m mode yeah where like they've probably been doing drugs they've been drinking all night they're still awake and they just want to pass out and they start to all kind of look at each other stuff's getting weird is this gonna happen yeah party weird y'all and i think that yeah and and brian is like it, I think that part of it is a, it's a decision, and mm-hmm. part of it is, is like he's too drunk. But he's like he breaks the 
whatever um yeah because they just wind up in this like weird like you're right like hypnotic kind of embrace yeah and like they're all leaning in and it's like they're about to all kiss each other and then he realizes yeah i think he just has a brief moment of like clarity and he's like i don't want to do this yeah i don't want to waste my life at the moulin rouge with the can can dancer right (laughs) like one of those moments (laughs) (laughs) and he panics and he breaks it up and then he has to pass out. Yeah. Yeah. So then this is when uh, he and Max go to whatever the beer garden is. Um, and this is when you see that he is, u- uh, Brian is now using the cigarette case. He offers Max a cigarette with it. Right. And then that's when. And they're talking about Africa. Right. He wants to bring them to Africa, right? They- yeah. And I think the whole time. I think everyone knows that Africa is not going to happen. Except for Sally. Except for maybe Sally. Yeah. But I don't know. I think she might, too. She got. She went out and got a safari hat. She did. <laughs> she did. You're right. I mean, she must have bought that purposefully. Right? Because why else would she own it? Right. But I think that, I don't know. I feel like even with her, like, she knew that it was sort of a pipe dream. But, like... Again, like, she's this is Sally. Her, like, she's going to go for it. She's you know? letting herself believe it because that's exactly. what she needs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, they all know that it's not going to happen, but it's something to talk about. Yeah. And pretend. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking about pretend vacations. It's one of my favorite things. Let's go on safari. Right. I mean... I don't want, like, I, I... Listen, I can't afford real vacations. No, but I look up Airbnb vacation houses all the fucking this time. This is what keeps me going. <laughs> During the pandemic, I was, like, glued to Zillow. I was right? like, this is my anxiety relief. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, anyway, the, that, the young Nazi stands up and sings, Tomorrow Belongs to Me. Yeah, he has a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, flying purple people eater <laughs> he, i mean he's just like a quintessential aryan nazi yes and yeah. we've basically and he signs off the song with like a Heil hitler he ends with a Heil, which the the nazi salute yes uh, yeah um and we've basically talked about all of this already we have um but it ends with them getting in the car and brian saying do you think you can do you still think you can control them so then we finally, uh, we cut back over to our subplot. Yes. Our B-plot with Fritz and Natalia. And she's leaving her house, and he is trying to talk to her, telling her that he's in love with her, he wants to marry her. And she, the whole time she's, like, driving, and he's just, like, running alongside the car, and eventually, like, jumps on a moving car that seems to be going pretty fast. Yeah, he's passionate. <laughs> and But let's also be frank about, like, what kind of car we're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. it's basically your equivalency of, you know, those SUVs that have, like, a little, like, like a step built into them? Yeah, he can so jump onto So he's, like, onto jumped this. onto that. But also there's no roof, so, like, it's easy for him to hang on. Right. Uh, at the same time, it's the 1930s and cars are new yeah. ish. And so, the, like, he's even, even if he's jumped on at 15 miles an hour, that's probably like death defying. And he kind of does it without realizing it. After he does it, he's, yeah, like, he's, he's like, like, I've like, never jumped on a side rail before. Oh, I did that. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, basically, like, he's desperate yeah. to be with this woman and she tells him. 
I can't marry you. I'm Jewish. You're not. Look at what's going on right now. And this he says, is, we can't do it. And he says, is it because of your parents? She says, no, it's because of me. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, it's just because like she, yeah, it truly is because she sees what's going on. And like, I don't, I think she doesn't want to, um, in her mind, burden him. She doesn't want to put him in danger. She doesn't want, yeah. Yeah, just in general, uh, things are not good right. between our people. <laughs> right. Um, so we cut back to uh, the boarding house, and Sally is packing. She's wearing her safari hat. Yeah, she's got her mesh. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what that cap style is called, but Melania famously wore one when she visited. <laughs> I don't know. It was uh, some oh, country yeah. in Africa, and everyone's like, "Oh, girl, that's what you went with. <laughs> you went with the you she went like, with the safari she look." Go- she googled safari outfit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyways, um, that's what uh, Liza is wearing yes. as Sally in this, and scene. she's kind of like. And this is where I agree with what you're saying. Like, she's kind of frantically packing in this way that's like, this is her convincing herself that this is really happening. Yeah. I mean, she just, she throws herself into everything fully. Yeah. And she says that she already told the landlady that they are leaving for two months. Yeah. At least two. Yeah. Um, But things sort of start to unravel and they both... And they admit to each other that they're both sleeping with Max. Yes. And and even before... So something I was curious about, even before we get to that, like, when Max drops Brian off, like, there's a, there's a weirdness between the two of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they both just seem really... I don't know. Maybe it's because of all the Nazism. But um, it could also be like post-sex weirdness. It could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you're right. Like okay, so that's when they both reveal that they've both been sleeping with Max, mm-hmm. and I mean we really haven't gotten a lot of other indications that these people have been sleeping with each other. So that's what I'm wondering about. Like, is that why they're so tense? when Max is dropping him off, like, because they've had relations. Because we don't see anything. Because, yeah, this whole time you're sort of, the tension is building and you think that it's going to happen. You don't know that it's already happening. Right. Like, you sort of think, like, maybe a threesome is going to happen. Right. But, yeah, you, you, in my opinion, you don't know. It's it's not clear that it's already happening. It's really not. Like, it's a big surprise. Like, it's a big surprise when she says like he says well you know why don't you screw or screw him mm-hmm. and she says well i am yeah and that's a big surprise but it's a bigger surprise when he He's says like, me too oh yeah me too and that and and here here is one clue though it, when max says i like it when she's napping does that mean I like it when she's napping because that's when I get to have sex with you. Right. And they're definitely giving each other vibes. Yeah. Like when they're in like, the bedroom and he is helping him pick out a sweater when they're in the beer garden. So when did it there's start? definite vibes. That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe. Okay. So there's two things. Uh-huh. Two things now that I've noted in this movie that they could have done differently. Um, I, I don't want to say better. Yeah. You know, I mean, they did win. Or Bob Fosse did win the Academy Award. They won for eight Oscars. Best director, yeah. but uh, yeah, I 
I feel like that should have been more explicit, like what was going on between Max yeah. and Brian, respectively, and then Max and Sally, respectively. When did their separate relationships become sexual? Right. So, but once it's all revealed, uh, Brian, he storms out. And he basically just, like, decides to tell off the first Nazi Yeah, he needs he to blow off into. some steam. He needs to get some anger out or So whatever. he, like, he he takes these papers. It's like a it's propaganda. Like propaganda flyers. Yeah. yeah. And he throws them on the ground and, and he at shouts first, at this Nazi. And at first they're laughing at him, but then he starts, like, kicking over the flags and blah, blah, blah. And then they beat the shit out of him. Cut to him in bed, like, beat to a pulp. Yeah. So then uh, we cut to he's waking up. He's totally bloodied. He's got a black eye, like a really fat lip. Yeah, like a, a fully closed black eye. Yeah. Which is great. He's, he's seriously injured. Yeah. But Sally is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's cracking jokes mm-hmm. like they used to. She pretends like nothing weird has happened. Yeah. She's just there for him. And then she does read the the letter that they received from the Baron. From, and Max has, has told them that he is, he has to go to Argentina immediately. Right. He's like feigning family matters mm-hmm. or something. But um, so they reconcile. Brian can't really talk, but yeah. he makes it clear that he has forgiven her. She's forgiven him. They still love each other. They reconcile. Do you think the money that he sent them is a little dirty? Do you think? Oh, right. So he sent them money. He sent them 300 marks, 150 apiece. Yeah. I think it was not him necessarily trying to pay them. But the joke she makes about it being compensation is dead on. Yeah. It's his apology for breaking their Africa plans or whatever. But it also seems like vaguely... Yeah. Like, thanks for the sex. Yeah. It yeah. definitely is. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. I mean, he bought them nice things. He took them out. Yeah. That's just, that's that's what he knows to do. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out they were the gigolos all along. <laughs> <laughs> so after they reconcile, we cut to back at the Kit Kat Club. We get the Kit Kat dancers doing Tiller Girls. And you don't notice until the close-up that one of these beautiful women... Is the MC. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, he looks good in drag. He does. Mm-hmm. He does. With his little belly button showing. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, while that song is going on, again, like, whenever you see violence... Or, or not even just violence, but just, like, anything that's um, aggressive yeah. happening on stage at the Kit Kat Club. There is something equally as aggressive happening IRL, and that's when we, oh, we see that Every some Every action assholes, has an equal and opposite reaction. No. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, true, it's horrible. They've killed Natalia's dog. And they're, they've, they've painted Juden. Like, yeah, Jew. Yeah. yeah. On her doorstep and they fucking killed her, killed her dog, dog and they left it on her, her doorstep. Dog. Ugh. Yeah, it's really, really awful. Um, so we just, you know, it's just an example of how the anti-Semitic tide is rising. Yeah. In Germany. Um, so... That happens, and then we cut back to 
uh, Sally and Brian. Yeah, Brian is in the library. Oh, right. <laughs> and she screams that she's pregnant in the middle of the she library. Says, God damn it, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, she does not know moment. who the father is. Yeah. And uh, she's like, obviously, I can't keep it. Yeah, her immediate plan is to get that abortion. Right. So it cuts to them, like, in their apartment with all these candles, just kind of, like, drinking and having fun. Well, I mean, they... Okay, okay. They go home. Yeah. And um, it's it's a very somber moment. They go home, and she walks into her room, and he walks into his room, and they're silent. Yeah. But then he comes out of his room... And he opens up her door and says, I would I would like to marry you. Oh, I missed this. Okay. He, yeah, he proposes <laughs> to her. I must have been, sometimes when I'm taking notes, I miss things, <laughs> which is counterintuitive. Fair enough. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he proposes to her. Yeah. And um, he, yeah, they decide to make a go of it. Yeah. And he establishes, like, during the candlelight, scene that they're gonna where they're just like on the ground together yeah that they'll have the baby together and he doesn't care if it's not his yeah she says do you you don't mind yeah they're very well aware that it might be maximilian's yeah but he he doesn't mind yeah yeah the next day brian is meeting up with fritz again for their english lesson Mm -hmm. and um oh but no but before that the uh, landlady and the other dude are having that conversation in the like the common space of the boarding right. house. Right. So we see that like anti-Semitism is on the rise yes. even within the boarding home. And it's eerie how much how these how much these conspiracy theories like sound like conspiracy theories that are happening. Yeah, today. and when Brian calls them out, he's just like yeah, I, you. <laughs> you guys are full of shit like this this doesn't make any sense and then i think the landlady said it's like well they're only reporting it every day but but she means they're reporting it in like the propaganda flyers right (laughs) but but yeah but i mean in her mind Mm -hmm. that's news reporting every day yeah it's like well it's like people saying today like well breitbart said it Right. It's so, yeah, it's so prominent today. Yeah. Or so relevant today because it's still happening. Well, InfoWars said. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But the the quote itself is that the the man says that it's an, quote, international conspiracy of Jewish bankers and communists. And then Brian says, uh, well, clearly you're also a member of the international conspiracy of horses' asses. (laughs) Which is a great line. (laughs) Yeah, I really, really love how anti-Nazi Brian Brian. is. I know, Brian is the best. Okay, good. I'm glad we're all team Brian here. (laughs) So now now Brian and Fritz are talking. Uh, Yeah, so there are they're having their English lesson, and Fritz confides in Brian that he is secretly Jewish. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but he was afraid, um, you know, afraid to live his life in Germany. Be- yeah. So well, he like, moved to a Brian, new town. And Brian, in his naivety, naivete, yeah. is like, well, this should make it easier then. Right. 
which and of course it's, it doesn't. It wouldn't make anything easier to be um, openly Jewish. No. in Berlin in 1931. Uh, but in his in Brian's mind, it's like, well, just tell Natalia that you're Jewish, and then you can marry her. Yeah. But if he does tell Natalia that he's Jewish, then he admits that he's also a liar. Right. And he's terrified of telling Natalia that he lied. Right. Um, Brian tries to encourage him, just tell her the truth. You're you're really under you're underselling her to think that she would care, you right. know. Yeah. He he thinks that she would understand hiding one's mm-hmm. uh religion in this context. And ultimately he's right. Because you don't really get her reaction to this news. It just kind of... You don't. And I, you know, I don't know if there could have been more there. Yeah. Um, it's obviously the side plot. So right. there wasn't going to be a ton of screen time dedicated to them. And maybe it's it's a little too easily easily yeah. resolved. But his his answer that, it's, that, that makes it easier is... Uh, it's too simple of an answer because mm-hmm. it does, it makes it complicated in the fact that he's admitting that he's a liar and it makes them both vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyway, now we jump to if you could see her, which is oh, which man. is the ape number. So, okay, this is a really interesting number. Uh-huh. Um okay, so yeah, for anyone that hasn't seen it, basically the MC who has been established as what we think is a friendly character. Yes. He's um, clearly at least androgynistic. Yeah. You know, he he doesn't have a defined sexuality. Yeah. Uh, if he did, we'd probably assume queer. Yeah. Um, he does drag. Mm-hmm. He wears full makeup. Yeah. He's doing a number... Where he is singing to a person dressed in a gorilla suit. Yes. And the gorilla is wearing like... Um, like a pink frilly dress. Yeah. It's it's very feminine. Yeah. And the whole song is about like if you could only see her the way that I do. Yeah. But at the very end, he says one thing that just ruins everything. And he says, maybe she wouldn't look that Jewish. Right. And so the first time I saw this, I I did not know what to do with it. I think that this number, I think it serves a purpose in the story as far as... Like how much Nazism is taking over? Yeah. I don't think that... Yeah, I think that it's a hard pill to swallow but that I, this person that you thought is really progressive mm-hmm. and really like counterculture friendly uh-huh but is it even and that's the thing is like is this a character or are that all, he's putting on stage because he knows what his audience is right but he's or, still doing it but is it he's still but making i still the don't joke. but i still don't really view him as an individual I view I view I view that like his numbers as like social commentary. You know what I mean? Like he's sure. What he and and again like his audience is like progressively he's, more he's speaking Jew- Jewish. to what his audience is. Yeah, I mean his, I mean sorry, his audience is getting more and more Nazi, not Jewish, yeah. right? Exactly, <laughs> anti-Jewish. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, but he's still participating in it. 
Right. He's still letting it happen. And then you have to keep in mind, too, like, well, he's also a vulnerable person. And I in think. In this climate that's taking over, is it self preservation? But it's also satire. It, you, right. Of course. I think that it's, I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily agreeing with, with what this song is saying or poking at the people that would, you know. Well, so let me tell you how it goes down in Fosse Verdon. Okay. Oh, do they that, talk about this? Yeah, they do. In the FX show about uh, Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. Yeah. Um, uh, the first episode, it's either the first or second episode, they talk about the making of Cabaret. Yeah. And actually, the gorilla suit is a big point of contention. Really? And that Gwen Verdon flew back to New York to find a gorilla suit that they thought was realistic looking enough. Yeah. Because the one that the producer had come up with uh, when they were shooting in uh, in Germany, they said it was too comical. It was too obviously a joke. They wanted the tone to be as serious as possible for a joke situation. Yeah. Um, so she actually, she literally flew to New York, found a gorilla costume that she thought would work, flew back within 72 hours... And the whole point was they wanted um, they wanted the audience to see that this character that everyone had been in love with was also a monster, right? Deep down, that he like in the show they talk about how no the character is also supposed to have these anti-Semitic interesting viewpoint. Like you think that this is cute and funny. You love him, but at the end of the day, like he is nobody is immune to right it. on board. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. this is something that I always say, you know, because he's vulnerable, obviously, to Nazis as I well. I know, yeah. But this is something that I always say is that being marginalized does not affect your ability to marginalize. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that is the biggest point. And I think that's really something that's overlooked. Uh, you know, just in general. I think that in, um, in that in sense... In the 1970s, 80s, 90s, you know, and today. And I think in that sense that the, this number is actually really important to the movie. Yeah. It's difficult to watch, but I think that what it's... Ultimately, what it's saying is uh, important, you know? Yeah, I think that... Um, there's a lot of representation in this film that does not happen in any other film, mm-hmm. not just in the 70s, but still today. Yeah. I mean, it is, like you were saying, it is very much possible to be a queer identifying person and still um, kind of be an asshole. Yeah, or be like... Anti-Semitic you or can have be, yeah, you racist can be gay, tendencies. Yeah. I mean, there's or, a like, huge... You can be gay and racist. And there's a huge... It's possible. There's a huge racism problem in the gay community. Yeah. And I there think there's, be, like, a misogyny problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're, use, they're I mean, hitting all of those, there's a trope of, like, white gays on dating apps mm. saying, no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Oof. You know. Yikes. That's worse than yeah. a straight man. Right. <laughs> but there's a huge, I mean, th- that's what I'm saying. There's a, there's a huge yeah. problem with that in the gay community. You can be judgy and alternative. Right. Yeah. You can be in the counterculture and still be um, creating a counterculture. Right. Yeah. 
so now we move to uh, Fritz has is shooting a shot again. He's going to Natalia's house and he's going to tell her the truth. And he shows up at her house and we kind of immediately jump to their wedding. Like they just like immediately get married. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They get married. Traditional Jewish ceremony, which is great. It's really a lovely scene. Yeah, and I just and Sally's crying. And you're happy for them. Yes, and I'm yes, I am happy for them. Hopefully they moved. <laughs> no, me too. They um, make it out okay, we hope. Yes. Uh, and then we cut to Sally and Brian. They're on a picnic together. And this is where, I don't know, I guess uh, well, Brian she's, is just feeling aloof. And she's doing her Sally thing. Where she's like, isn't this baby great? Isn't this baby going to fix everything? She never really turns off. Yeah, but she's she is trying to convince herself that this baby is the right idea. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to fix everything. I think she even says those words, like, it'll fix everything. Yeah. You know, it's like, and everybody knows that all a couple needs is a baby to fix everything. Right? Yeah. It just makes things so much better if you already have a complicated So much easier. <laughs> And but he's yeah you're right he's, he's super distracted aloof and he's just I don't know like where he's coming from truly but he's just not um, vibing the same way that she is and it's, I mean it's hard for anybody to vibe the same way Sally does right but it's not clear why he's in this mood really it's not it's yeah I'm not I don't know and I think that I think that ultimately the reason is that like he doesn't actually want to have the baby he thinks so yeah i think i don't know i mean i feel like he made that that proposal kind of out of a, an obligation feeling you know i think that it could have something to do with the fact that like he's maybe just discovered his sex- sexuality yeah and didn't really get an opportunity to explore it. That's true. But they don't. But also, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of making that up. Like, they really don't give us a lot of indication. Because this is the only time that he's like that. When he's, yeah. like, despondent like that. But ultimately, the what happens is that Sally sneaks out and has her abortion. Right. So, yeah. So in that moment, like, while he's being aloof, she's trying to imagine their life together as a baby. Or not as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> their life together as a baby. Their life together with a baby. Those yeah. prepositions, you know? They're hard. Um, life together their life together with... on a baby. <laughs> <laughs> their life together with a baby. Um, I think that... During that moment, um, we see her, or we see scenes of the Kit Kat Club. Yeah. Like, once again, she is hearing over and over the voice of the MC in her head. Like, she's imagining all these moments, um, and even some moments with him, that she's not going to have ever again Mm -hmm. if she accepts this life of domestic bliss. Yeah, you're kind of seeing, doesn't it? It, like, shows a bunch of, like, flashbacks of her freedom. Singing, and then her with Brian and her with Max. I mean, it's just a bunch of stuff that... You can't do on a baby. (laughs) You can't do on a baby. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do it as a baby. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, she's imagining all of this, and um, she does say that she loves him. Yeah. And he believes her, but then she says, oh, shit. 
Yeah. And that's when you know, like, she's she's made up her mind. Yeah. Aw, shit. Yeah. And it's almost, like like we said again, it's like, the lady doth protest too much. She's like, isn't this going to be great? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It's going to be great. And then he's not agreeing, so she's like, well, shit. You know? Well, shit. So the next scene, she is showing up back at home. and Obviously uh, in pain. Obviously in pain and not wearing a fur coat. Yeah. It had been established earlier that she would have to pawn her fur coat to pay for the abortion. Yes. And she's not wearing it when she gets home, and and Brian notices pretty quickly. Yeah, and he's being like uh, pretty pretty reasonable. What? (laughs) (laughs) I think he's being pretty reasonable. I uh, I just thought she like just committed to marry him, have a child together. Moved to England, and then she comes home, and, like, she's clearly gotten an abortion without talking to him at all. I know. And, look, I'm not not saying that it was his choice, but, like, she made plans with this man. Right. About having a family together. And all of it was, like, her idea. I I agree with you. (laughs) But his attitude is also, like, not great when he breaks it to Okay. How? How? He winds up saying to her... That he is okay with it. Oh, no, but no, oh, this is what it was. He says, why did you do it? Does someone offer you an acting part? He's like, that. this is what I'm talking about. He's like, did someone give you, like... Yeah, but, but I feel like, why did she do it? Probably because he was being an aloof asshole. I don't know. <laughs> no, she did it because she realized deep down, like, she would never yes. ever want that lifestyle. But she led him to think... Yes. That she was okay with it. She convinced herself that she was okay with Agreed. it. Agreed. I, I don't want to make her sound like a demon. Like, she's absolutely not. She's just being human in this moment. Yeah. But I don't think that he's doing anything wrong at all. And at the end of the day, he still but those says... Were, those were low blows, those jabs about, like, getting apart or something. Like doing well, it. she also told him, though, that she would marry him and have a baby with him. And then all of a sudden, like, she just comes home and none of that is real anymore. I know. It's It's... Like, he's coming from a defensible place, I think. It's reasonable for him to be upset. Yeah. I don't think anyone is in the wrong in this scene. No. Okay. I think he's being reasonable, though. But he keeps asking her why. Well, does he not have... No, 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 no. no, That's not... I'm not saying that it was wrong for him. Yeah, he should be allowed to know why in this situation. And she's not wanting to answer, but ultimately she says, because I'm too... She says, I'm too self-centered. I... You know. Yeah, she says a lot of like self-deprecating yeah. things about herself, but also like maybe self like it's mostly deprecation, but also but it's maybe also awareness. The, it's also the most self-aware she's been. If that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, I I think that she beats herself up, but she also yeah she knows who she is. Mm-hmm. She's not cut out for a baby. She's not cut out for domestic wedded bliss. She's not cut out to be. On a baby. So, so in our in our last scene, um, oh, Sally she, is. She says she loves him. Yeah, and, and they, he they, believes they her. reconcile. He's he ultimately is very understanding. In our last scene, she's escorting him to the train station. He's returning back to Cambridge. Yeah, and they're they're leaving very amicably. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's still sad. Yeah, like it's pretty sad because. I think deep down they just know it won't work together. Yeah. Um, but it's their probably first true loves. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, it's 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 just it's bittersweet. They leave on good terms, but it's bittersweet. Yeah. And then we cut to the I don't MC. Think... Oh, sorry. Oh. I don't think that they were ever gonna. They were never gonna end up together. You know. I think that's why it ends so well or it ends on such good terms, is, like, they both know, like, this couldn't have worked. Yeah. But I still have very deep feelings for you. Right. And she's not gonna, she's not gonna walk him down to the platform. She's like, I don't, I don't do that. I'm not gonna wave to you from the platform. But doesn't she say that she has, like, an interview or an audition or something? Yeah. Yeah. She has other things to do. But that's also... It's just part of the facade. Right. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't. They're just protecting themselves. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We end with, um, we're back at the Kit Kat Club and the MC is, I mean, basically they're doing like a reprise, a reprise of, uh, Vico Men, but, uh, it's very warped. Well, this is also the song Cabaret. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I totally jumped over that. We, we, yeah, we cut to her singing. Her singing cabaret. Cabaret. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Um, she's singing cabaret because that is the life that she has chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie ends with the MC doing this like really warped version of yeah. uh, Vico Men. And we get that warped mirror image uh, where you're seeing the audience and it's full of Nazis. Right. Which, when you know that the stage show has the audience seeing themselves... Yeah, that's really interesting. It's like, are we... It's... The mirror has a lot of... A mirror always has a lot of imagery. Well, and on stage, yeah, when the audience has to look at themselves, that means something. Right? Yeah. Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, so... But yeah, it's so it ends so ominously, and I think it has to because you know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it only goes to shit after that yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. and that's the movie. Counterculture, I, man. I loved it. Though. I loved it too. I'm I, so glad you enjoy it. I'm sticking with A. Yeah, I, I am too. Yeah. I do. Um, there there's things- a few moments that... You know, like, if it were to be made today, there are areas where we could improve. Yeah. But for what was done in 1972, But it's, like, the things that I would change are, like, a couple of seconds. You know what I mean? Right. Overall, it was so good. Yeah. Agreed. Uh. Agreed. Okay. Let's talk about awards. Yes. I want to talk about awards. As you noted earlier... Um, it is the most winning, the winningest. The winningest. <laughs> it, it won the most awards for any picture that didn't also win mm-hmm. Best Picture. Yes. Best Picture that year. It was the 1973 Academy Awards. Uh, went to The Godfather, uh, which means it's extremely notable that Bob Fosse won over Francis Ford Coppola. Right. And also, um, Bob one, Fosse... One, one director over who is considered, like... One of the all-time greatest directors. And one of the best... What people view it as, like, one of the best movies of all time. Not even that, but get this. So, Bob Fosse had one other directorial credit under his name. Uh-huh. It was Sweet Charity, and it was a complete bomb. Total bomb. Huge yeah. bomb. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, he, I mean, he almost didn't even get uh, this movie. And this was the ninth musical movie to be um, put in the Library of Congress. Oh, the Uh ninth. Yes. Do you have the first eight? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, but for, yeah, noting it's like cultural significance. No, huge, huge significance. Uh, Very true. Um, Also, uh, on the note of Bob Fosse winning Best Director, Uh only individual twin Oscar, Emmy, Tony all in one year. Wow. In the same year. He got the Emmy for Liza with a Z. Uh-huh. And then he got the Tony for, um, it was either Pippin or Chicago. No, Chicago was way later. Yeah, I think Chicago was later. It been Pippin. Pippin. But anyway. <laughs> Magic <I> mean, he- <laughs> to do. <laughs> it may not have been. But uh, the point being, like, he is so close to an, or was so close to an EGOT. And for to do to do an EGOT in one year. In one year. Oh, it makes me so mad that he didn't have just, like, one record. But, I mean, he's a choreographer. So, how was that going to happen? Right. Ooh, so frustrating. So. You know, my friend, by the way, a very good friend of mine was sending me, um, really cool trivia the other day because mm-hmm. we both just really like trivia Love did trivia. you know that like hugh jackman is only one award away from an egot an emmy uh yeah emmy wow there's a bunch like there's a whole wikipedia article on actors that are only one away from an emmy <laughs> from, hugh from an got, EGOT. Hugh jackman I mean. got an oscar uh oh no 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 he's he's that's the one it's oh, actually oscar that he's missing. Did he win an Emmy for like the, the some like made for TV something or other? Yeah, yeah. So the musical one. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Tonys. This is I think tied with the most Tonys. Yeah, eight Oscars. Eight Oscars for the movie. Ten Tonys for the musical. Insane. It won Best Musical, Best Score. Joel Grey won the Tony for this role. I think he won he the Oscar, He got the Oscar, too, too yeah. Um, Peg Murray won. I think that she was Sally. Best Director won. Best Choreography. Uh, best Scene Design. Best Costume. Yeah. Yeah. Great. No, uh, wait, no, it's eight Tonys. Sorry. Okay, also eight Academy Awards. Uh, Liza did win... Best Actress, and I believe that was her second Oscar, which is insane, because it was also one of her first movies. And also considering that she's not... Her performance is so good. I don't... Like, what happened to her career after this? I that, don't know. Like, was it... What, I, also, though, like, wasn't she... Didn't she get deep into pills? I, I think that... Probably. <laughs> I think there was um some, like, a, a lot of trauma that resulted from um the the life that she grew up in. Right. I mean, also, this movie was made very shortly after her mom died. Yeah. I mean, and, that seems like a really stressful yeah. childhood. <laughs> and she's also one of those uh, Hollywood people that, like, people stop taking seriously because she got married too many times. You know, like... Well, sure, but so did Elizabeth Taylor. Right, but that's the kind of... Elizabeth Taylor kind of became a joke, too, in people's minds, because... You think so? 
Yeah. Because you remember how she was like, everyone thought that she was weird because she was like best friends with Michael Jackson and like, I don't know. The 90s, uh, the 90s were a weird time. Oh, I forgot about that. But also like, Liza Minnelli married a really weird guy. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what was going on there in the 90s with like really androgynistic? I don't. Um, but also like Michael Jackson was probably a pedophile. Uh, yes. Ooh, what was happening in the 90s? I don't know. <laughs> but don't say that because Michael Jackson stands are scary. Okay, but like Michael Jackson is going to come up actually okay. in our next dis- discussion, which is about the Golden Globes. Okay. Um, okay, so as has been established numerous times, for some reason, the best musicals never win best original song. Right. They never win it. I mean, honestly, that could be its whole podcast. Like, why don't these musicals <laughs> ever win at the Golden Globes? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, they always try. <laughs> and But more importantly, why do the songs that win, why do they win? Um, so here's what we got. <clears throat> Best original song, Mine Air, nominated. Money Money, nominated. Winner went to a song called Ben for the movie Ben. Like B-E-N? Yeah, like the name Ben. (laughs) From Wikipedia, Ben (laughs) is a 1972 horror film about a young boy and his pet rat, Ben. (laughs) What? (laughs) The film is a sequel to the movie Willard. The theme song, Ben... (laughs) Is performed by singer Michael Jackson. (laughs) It was also included on his 1972 album of the same name. (laughs) The album was called Ben? Ben. (laughs) But. I've never heard of any of this. Neither have I. Obviously, he was a child, right? I mean, this is. It was 1970. No, it was 1972. I mean, maybe. How old was he in the Jackson 5 field? I know he was the youngest. But I mean, that was in the early his, 60s. Young enough, young enough for his voice to not have changed. That was like early 60s, so this would have been 10 years. He was probably early 20s. No. no. In 72? Let me look up. I'm looking it up. Wasn't he... He was at least a child in the 60s. He was alive. I think I thought he was a child in the 70s. I'm looking up his... He was born in 58. Yeah. So that would make him... So 12? He was, he was 10 and 60... So he was twelve. Yeah, 14. 12, 12 or thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a child singing about pet rats. Just really, he was really obsessed with <laughs> name Ban. <laughs> and that's that's what won. Did you look up the song? I mean, I've got it, but I haven't listened to it. Okay, I would like to hear that. I know. I don't think we can play it right <laughs> Probably now. Probably not. I don't think we can play it. Y'all look up Ben. <laughs> Ben. It's, Just, it's from the movie Ben. And the album Ben. <laughs> featuring Ben. It's about a rat named Ben. <laughs> that is so weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, Golden Globe winner, Michael Jackson. Yeah, it didn't do as well at the Golden Globes as it did at the Oscars. They only won three at the Globes, actually. They won... Um, you know, best motion picture, musical, or comedy. Right, yeah. Uh, Liza won, and then Joel Grey won. Everything else they lost. Joel Grey swept everything. He did, but you know what? I'm going to come out here and say it. 
sorry, Joel Gray, but this role does belong to Alan Cumming. Right. I just, in terms of casting, so I'm sorry, but Alan Cumming was made for it. Has he been in it? Oh my god! Like so many times. Like he did. He does all the revivals or whatever. All of the revivals. There was like a TV version. I think it was actually just like the stage show recorded, but he was in the TV version. I mean, Alan yeah, Cumming is, has been yeah, the MC in like now. so many different productions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alan Cumming is the MC. Have you seen Have you seen any of his performances? Just on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I can, yeah, absolutely. The thing is, I I can see Alan coming in that role. Of course. I just can't imagine anyone else as Sally. Okay, well, I have a few suggestions. Okay, let's or talk I, about it. I have some, um, I have a couple suggestions, but I mostly have uh, notes on who else has done the role. Because there's been a ton of Sally's. Yeah. A few MCs, but a ton of Sally's. So when the when the stage show is revived, well, there's been a hundred different revivals. But do they stick to the original musical? I think that's a good question. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if I I don't I don't know what to tell you because it's I don't so have different. Notes on like which actors did which version because it's so different than the movie. It is, yeah. But people are so attached to the movie. That being said, Sally's character, I don't think, differs that much. Yeah. I think Sally stays true. Sure. Whereas uh, the side plots, et cetera, et cetera, does change. Mm -hmm. So here's everyone, at least that I wrote down, that's played Sally over the years. Um, Recently, we have Emma Stone. Really? I get it. Yeah, I mean, she's just like... At this point, she's that one actress. I mean, she comes up in our conversations a lot for it recasting. Was, this was obviously pre-La La Land. Right, yeah. Yeah. Did she do it on Broadway? Uh-huh. Wow. On the Broadway revival. But here's the thing. like They always bring in a hot young actress for the Broadway revival, and she does like 10 shows, and then that's like it. Yeah. And uh, Does that really count? I mean, I know it does for the Tonys, but should it? I don't know. I feel like it shouldn't. I feel like you shouldn't just get to show up for 10 shows, which, like, honestly is, what, two weeks? Yeah. Less. Two weeks. I mean, I mean, usually, I think I think a week on Broadway is, like, eight shows. I think it's, like, eight shows Right. A week. You usually do two on Sunday. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I don't want to discount her. I'm sure it was a great performance, and I like it, Mr. But part I of really Broadway, do. part of what you're being rewarded for is your fucking stamina. Right. To be able to be on Broadway. and So I'm just like, I'm not a huge fan of like hot actresses mm-hmm. or actors showing up to do a limited run and then getting all the Tonys for did it. Did she get Tonys? Well, I don't know that she did specifically, <laughs> yeah. but like, you know, that happens. Yeah. Um, and I don't really see her vocally really pulling it off. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't hear any of it, but I, yeah. I can see it. I think that she can... I think that she could pull off the character. It's just such a demanding role vocally. So after Emma Stone, the actress that took over for her is Sienna Miller. She right? sings? I know. Interesting. I, 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 I know. I, I know. Sienna Miller is like not famous for a lot. She yeah. was in this movie called Factory Girl. Right. Um, that was about... Uh, Andy Warhol. Uh, 
but what was her name? What was Factory Girl's name? Factory. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that I feel like that says it all in terms of memorability. Yeah, um, she, I mean she was what was uh, this was sucks, great- but she was like kind of just famous for marrying Jude Law, right? Yeah, and then they divorced because he cheated on her with the nanny, right. as they all do. Mm-hmm. After Sienna Miller, uh, Michelle Williams, she was in the role. She also played Gwen Verdon yeah. on Fosse Verdon, so I'm like fine that with makes that. sense. Yeah, no, we, we we love we at the podcast love Michelle Williams. Yeah, no, she's on our A list. So she sings. Oh my god, she sings in Fosse Verdon, and she's so good. Oh, she's going to have to go into my list of... I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. In the Rolodex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Agreed. Um, Brooke Shields. When? In the 90s. Was in a revival. (laughs) Molly Ringwald. Also in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Natasha Richardson. 98. Oh, this is... This... Here. Get this. Oh, I love... Terry Hatcher. Oh, God. No. 1998 touring production. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Fresh Who else? off of... Lisa Rinna, was she in there, too? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Terry was fresh off of um, uh, Lois and Clark. Lois and Clark. Yeah. But that's the th- here's the thing about these, like, stars making cameos in these Broadway musicals. The reason why the role of Roxy in... Chicago is so easy for these Broadway actresses is because Roxy isn't supposed to be a good singer. The, the Roxy is supposed to be like amateur and living in this fantasy world. Right. Which is why it makes sense for these stars. But it's also a really good role for that reason. Right. But 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 what that's why it makes sense for these stars who don't necessarily sing to do the role. So now with Sally is a whole different story. Like the, you can't plop Brooke Shields in there. And I don't know. I know. No, there's just like, there's been so much stunt casting over the years. Yeah. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, not stunt casting in the original London production of the show, Dame Judy Dench played Sally. Really? Yeah. So that's pretty big. Do you know who was envisioned? to be in the musical when they were writing it. Uh, oh, hold on. Give me a second. Think about the name of the podcast. <laughs> it has to be Julie Andrews. Yes. They, they, By the way, oh, she's on the list. She's on the list of should-be EGOT winners. Right. Hasn't gotten an Oscar. Can you believe that? She's gonna... She's... She's gonna get one of those. Like, oh no, no, no! Wait, no! It's Tony. Oscars. It's Tony that she hasn't gotten. What? I know. Isn't that insane? Uh, yeah. Anyway, they envisioned her in the role as as like a star making uh, career vehicle for Julie Andrews. Okay. And this, and this show, this stage show, came out when sixty six. And when oh, they, okay. they, but they so were, this would have been right around the time. Well, no, they were when they were in development stages in sixty three. Yeah. Was when they wanted her. So this is when she was still on Broadway. This is before, excuse me, Sound of Music. But like everything was happening at the same time. Right. And it, she was kind of the it girl of this kind of thing. Right. Um, but her manager um, insisted. Wasn't that her husband at the time? 
all it all it said what I read was manager. So I don't know. It might have been her husband. Okay. If they had this much say, definitely yeah. could have been. Um, but her manager said no because of all of the quote unquote immorality. The sexy stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I mean, it was 1963. Yeah, you know, I get it. I get it. You know. Yeah. And Julie Andrews is such a <laughs> wholesome yeah. queen. Uh huh. Uh huh. I but can't... it's kind of like what we were talking about last time with Jack Nicholson. Like, could that career trajectory have been like, but for this one casting decision, could, could her... everything have been different? Could she have been seen as more of a risk taker? Right, or just like been given the opportunity to be adult right. and you know sexy or sexual yeah. and yeah just something different than a wholesome child nanny yeah. i mean i guess her 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 broadway career with like victor victorians that was a little bit more subversive yeah but, but still not but movie wise i mean that was a concern she talked about like doing two nanny roles back to back i mean that was that in and of itself was a risk right um so yeah it is it's funny to think about how that career trajectory could have changed yeah but it worked out but that's who they envisioned for the role when they it worked wrote, out when but they where wrote... is her tony <laughs> Give Truly, the woman where a t- is her tony she didn't even get a tony for victor victoria nope Ugh. She's missing the Tony. Uh huh. She's got the Oscar. She's got the Grammy. She's got the Emmy. So, do you have any recast ideas? Okay. So, um, I'll also note before I get to these ideas yeah. uh, that men who have been featured in the play or the musical, oh, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. That was actually his third Broadway appearance. Only his third. So, like, this kind of helped seal the deal for NPH. He's Dennis kind of O'Hare, annoying to me. Great idea. Who's Dennis O'Hare? Um, okay, so Dennis O'Hare has been in so much, and he's kind of like a character actor. But, mm-hmm. like, for me, the first time I noticed him was, like, in True Blood. Um, he plays a very rich vampire. Okay. Uh, he's also in, I'm pretty sure he's in Oz. Um, okay. And he's in up. a lot of American Horror Story. Because I've watched True Blood and Oz and American Horror Story. Do you watch, yeah. Dennis O'Hare. Yeah. I, I'm not positive about Oz, but I think he's in Oz. But he's definitely in AHS and... True blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. He makes a lot of sense. Yeah. For the role. For um, MC? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Surprisingly, we have Michael C. Hall, okay. a.k.a. Dexter. Yeah. He as... was also in Kinky Boots. Uh-huh. So, I, I've never seen his theater side, but I want to. I'm intrigued. He played the MC? Yeah. Okay. And then, um, this one is really weird. Raul Esparza, who is AKA ADA Barba from SVU. I love him. No, I like him too, but like that's a surprise to me. Yeah. That's a big surprise. I love him. Okay. I, I, I'm into that. Okay. So, uh, dream casting for me mm-hmm. today. I don't think it needs to be remade today because no. I think the movie as is holds up. Yeah. But I'm going to say, um, Maybe for the MC, or honestly, maybe for Brian, but I'd rather it be MC. 
Harry Styles. Absolutely. Right? Yes. I feel like Harry Styles needs a breakout role. Uh huh. And I think this could be it. Harry Styles is the MC, Nick Jonas as Ooh, Brian. La, la. Or vice versa. I guess it doesn't, Brian doesn't need to be a singer though. No. So it could be anybody. It could be anyone. It could be Timothée Chalamet. You know what I thought about? Obviously, I thought about him. Mm-hmm. I always do. Um, but I don't know. There's something about Timothy that's like too. <sighs> He's not so, innocent enough. Exactly. Uh-huh. There's nothing surprising there's like about Timothy. There's something in that a little. Role. There's something a little scintillating behind the behind the eyes. That's yeah. Whereas with a Harry, there's something cheeky there. Mm-hmm. There's always a cheekiness. Yeah. To him. Mm-hmm. Um. I also want to suggest maybe it's I'm going older here, but Mads Mikkelsen. Who is that? Oh my! You need to know who Mads Mikkelsen is. Mads. Mads Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen uh, he played. Uh, I think in America, he's probably oh, most yes. famous for either being the bad guy and yeah, Bitch Better him. Have My Money by uh-huh. Rihanna in the music video. He was also Hannibal on NBC's Hannibal. As who? Do you what? want Who do you want him to be in the movie? Oh, uh, uh, the MC. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. No, he could. He could. He does. He can do weird and dark. He can. Do you know who? Do you know who could do? And Sa- he's very handsome. Do you know who could do Sally? And I know she's having a moment of embarrassment right now in the media. But w- Demi Brittany? Lovato could do. Oh, it. Demi. Yeah. <laughs> no. What? Mm-mm, no. No, I see. No, I say no. Uh, no, Demi is really stressing me out. <laughs> she- she is too much. I don't think she has any idea what Sally is about. I think that she is. Uh, listen, I'm worried about Demi Lovato. Kelsey, that frozen yogurt shop ruined her whole week. <laughs> it really did, and that is why I am worried about her. That's why I'm worried. I'm worried that I even fucking know what's going on with Demi Lovato right now. It's like it's on CNN. Uh huh. It's on all of the blogs that I read. It's on everything. I agree that diet culture is unhealthy, but the fact that the frozen yogurt shop had sugar-free frozen yogurt yeah. isn't diet culture. I actually, <laughs> like, I want to go to this, I want this frozen yogurt shop to exist in Nashville. Like, yes, please. Also, sugar-free also frozen there are yogurt. people that can't have sugar, like, Whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not diabetic, but I also really enjoy, like, (laughs) sugar-free desserts. Yeah. So, like, if I can do an order online, I will. I think, but, I don't know. I I feel like she could pull it off. Do you have any ideas? For Sally? Uh Uh-huh. I have two, and I'm not, like, super duper thrilled about them, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw them out there. My first one is Julia Garner. For me, she is, like... My young 20-something darling. I think people would probably recognize her the most from Ozark, that show with Jason Bateman Uh and Laura Lenny on Netflix about, like, a uh, I don't know, a mob or something in Arkansas. Um, I don't really recognize her. I saw her first on The Americans. Oh, okay. She plays, like, this teenage girl that um, they have to... um, 
seduce kind of to get to her dad who has state secrets and then like she's also in this really good movie called the assistant Mm -hmm. that recently came out and it's about like it it's focused on her and she's um she's a production or a producer's assistant and it's just basically about how like fucked up that world is yeah this looks like she's been in a bunch of well-known stuff that yeah, she's i haven't kind seen of an indie darling yeah. yeah yeah she's great um and then my my next suggestion is another indie darling uh-huh Aaliyah shawcat maybe oh yeah famously from she's maybe yeah, she's famously maybe from Arrested Development, which also features Liza as Lucille too. What was it? I and feel she there, has. There were some. I don't remember what what the line was, or even why it reminded me. Every time in this movie in Cabaret that Liza said, "You bastard," <laughs> it, remi- <laughs> it reminded me of Arrested Development for some reason. There's, I don't, there is the Liza voice, which. Isn't I mean it's easy to mimic and but it's not really it's not omnipresent in cabaret. It does yeah, it is and it's not. If you're listening for it, it's but in there. her softer moments, it's not what it became. Sure, sure. I mean, do I think that she played it up? Yeah, maybe. In Arrested Development, absolutely. Well, you definitely in Arrested Development, <laughs> Buster. <laughs> <laughs> So good. But anyway, so at Leah Shawcat, she was famously maybe yeah. in Arrested Development. Uh, these days, she has Search Party. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, it's a pretty good show. Yeah. It's pretty good. I need to keep watching. I've watched the first couple episodes. I need to keep watching. I'm not going to lie. I don't recommend it after season three. I Oh, after season. I've heard that it's great, though. It just... just Watch it and report back. Okay. I I really love seasons one and two. Yeah. Love them to death. She I is, really do. I mean, she is a little old. She's getting there. Yeah, but Wasn't like she she's like still really age? young and hip. Yeah, but she's like in she's her... like probably thirty one. Yeah, yeah. And no, I know. Like she's getting up there, but like to me, she seems really cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, cooler than me. Who else could do it? Is that those are your only two? Those are my only two, really. Um, you know, I was thinking like Lady Gaga. I feel like would be a kind of obvious choice. Lady Gaga would be great, but I feel like that's also a role that like Lady Gaga would like campaign to get. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost too obvious. Speaking you know what I mean? Speaking of campaigning to get roles. Uh-huh. Who was it that was doing... Uh, I need to rack my brain to remember what this was. It was um, Amanda Seyfried, or Seyfried. She was campaigning f- to be um, in Wicked. Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned that, actually. Like, she wanted... Uh, I think she wanted to be Glinda. and she yes. And she said that... Uh, uh, what's her name? Anna Kendrick should be Alphaba. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Sounds like this all in- makes sense. That sounds like an insufferable movie. But I don't know. I mean, there's been... I, don't, I like Amanda Seyfried. I like her. I don't think that she... Uh, I mean, I like her, too. I don't think that she has the chops to do Wicked. I'm also not really a Wicked person. 
I've so. never seen Wicked, so like I don't know. But also, I think that Amanda Seyfried was wonderful in Les Mis, and she really impressed me. But also, but Les Mis, Cosette fits her voice. Oh, yeah, crazy soprano. But. Is that not the role? It's, no, Wicked is all belting. Mm. You know, mm. it's just. It, like uh, a Dina Menzel style. Ugh. <laughs> Adele Dazim. Uh, Adele Dazim. Okay. Well, listen, we don't have to get into the ins and outs of who we would like to see in Wicked. <laughs> Do we have any other notes for Cabaret? I don't. Cabaret? Th- I don't think so. I Cabaret? think that it's. I think that Harry Styles in there somewhere is genius. It's got to be Harry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I love him. He is the king slash queen of modern fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love him, and his 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 SNL performance was so good. Yeah, no, he did well, and also I liked Timothy Chalamet as Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. That was great too. Yeah. But still, Timothy, take a take a backseat. This one's for Harry. I mean, the Dion Warwick show is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> It is. But also, that all goes to Ego Nuotum. Uh-huh. I, yeah. And I, I started, I recently started following Dionne Warwick on Twitter. She's, like, recently gotten on Twitter. A true delight. And it's delightful. Yeah. You should give Dionne Warwick a follow because it's delightful. We like older people on social media. <laughs> yes. Like, Leslie, um, Leslie Jordan. Uh-huh. Dionne Warwick. Yeah. Yeah. The older, the better. Yes. Yeah. Unless, yeah, unless you're, like... Our parents in which case don't do it ew don't follow me i'm no. blocking you okay we should wrap it up this is probably our longest episode yet we Ooh, love you we love you <laughs> uh we will be back for our season finale yes we are our season finale will be the next episode um and we will see you guys next time we'll see you next time uh, make sure to follow i oh, was gonna do it i was gonna do it i thought maybe you had forgotten never go ahead okay remember to follow us check us out on instagram our account is at the hills are alive pod thank you we love you we'll see you next time (laughs) bye-bye